Take a look. It's in a book. It's reading. No, it's the C3 Panthers podcast, and we've got 23 days till the NFL draft, and we are back to the master debate between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. We've got a linebacker that nobody's heard of and a lot of NFL news around the league that includes Jack Campbell training with Luke Keekley and are the Panthers or the Hurricanes the more successful organization because of their owner. We're going to find all of that out tonight. And I'm going to rock with my wheel, man. Let's rock. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. Hop in the car, Panther fans. We're heading to Indianapolis for the NFL draft. We're here on the longest running Panthers podcast, the C3 Panthers podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. We want you to get in the conversation. The number's 252-228-5098. We're the people's voice. You're the people. We want to hear your voice, and each and every week I'm joined by my co-host, my wheelman, Cody Lashney. How are you, my friend? Tony Dunn, I'm doing wonderful, man. There is nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than hanging with my boys, talking about my <laughs> Carolina Panthers, man. And listen, we always have a bunch to talk about. Of course, we're going to continue this never-ending debate between Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Maybe there's a new frontrunner. Amongst the Panthers front office, we're going to talk about that today. Is Adam Thielen out here looking slow? That's yes. another question that we're going to talk about. And, dude, listen, Tony, you already know that we're going to do it with the best damn Panther fans in all of YouTube like we always do. You know them and love them. It's our guy, Drew, Andrew Park, Joey the Blind Panther Esquivel, Brian Boley, Anthony Piccarello. What's up, G? Craig Cartner. Dan Floyd, Diesel Drew, Evan Sports Talk, Hank Three Rebel, Hemlock, Lynn Leon Hart, what's up, Lynn? Matt Volk, Off Grid, Pad One Panther, Shane Reed, The Real AP, Underground West, and Tim Estes. Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Don't forget, you can be a C3 super fan by hitting the join button, just $1.99 a month. You can continue to support. The Panth uh the C3 Panthers podcast and get access uh to a lot of cool stuff that Cody does with the draft room. And we're gonna continue to expand that function, but really it's a way for us to expand the show and continue to grow. And this is how media is going, self-sustaining. We're not journalists, we're not expert football, football experts, but we're expert football fans, and we've been here for a decade with you, and we're gonna keep rocking through the season. I want to remind everybody 23 days from now. The NFL draft will happen and we will be having our 10th annual live draft party. Now, watch alongs are a thing that everybody is comfortable with. They are comfortable with these things. We are cutting edge on the watch along. Pioneers, baby. Yeah. And CK, one of the ways I think you found the C3 Panthers podcast was through this draft party. I think you were early. Maybe wasn't that one of your first appearances here? Um, I feel like the first appearance for the draft was going to be uh, Cody 
uh, lack of no, here. but like, weren't you? A, wasn't that an early appearance for you on the C three Panthers podcast, or we just bring you in straight as a co-host? Joe, uh, it was uh, it was a little bit after the uh, the draft, I believe. Okay. Um, and uh, it wasn't too. It was a few months after I think Cody had started to appear regularly, uh, and Joe Rilano was still uh, a, a very consistent, uh, you know, uh, a participant in the show before he had to step away. Um, but as far as uh, as far as what we got going on, man, I, I tell you what, I told the boys tonight. I've been watching the Stroud. I've been watching the Young tape. I haven't gotten a chance to look at much Richardson, and I'm just watching the film breakdown. Uh, of these guys and uh it's hard not to get excited about the fact that either of these guys could or are most likely going to be Carolina Panthers um and uh and you know I'm sure we have other things we got to talk about but man it is we've got just a matter of three weeks for the draft right essentially a little more than three weeks this is all there is to talk about for the next three weeks and I am sorry Lynn <laughs> I know that's not what you want to hear but we're going to be talking about these quarterbacks nonstop until the end of this month when we finally figure out who we've got. Um, so it'll be uh, it'll be fun, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here with you, fellas. Um, well, you know, this is the thing is uh, the, the number one pick is going to be the blessing and the curse of discussion for this podcast and for all Panther fans is like it's hard to talk about anything else. Our friend, our good buddy, Ten Tizzy, who's very active on the discord. Don't forget. Great Discord conversation you can be a part of. Uh, you can find that link in the show in the description, the show notes, and things like that. He we said, have one of the most underrated Panther Discord communities there is, dude. It's incredible. The link is in the description. Join the Discord. He said, enough, not enough about number one. He didn't say it like that. He said, uh, are we talking? When are we talking about? We got to be talking about 39. 39. And I tell you guys, yeah. this is the number one pick, is a blessing for me because. This makes the draft very focused for me. There's none of this. Ugh. You know what is we haven't even thought about anything. This is the draft for Tony Dunn. It's like, I just want to think about getting our quarterback. And you know what? Everything else is just going to be gravy. I'll let the picks come to me. But we will be doing a live watch along our 10th annual draft party. It's going to be a great time. I know that we're all going to be a part of it. Greg, uh, somebody asked me this. If the Panthers were to make the Super Bowl, not this year, you know, the next time they make the Super Bowl, where would you watch it? He said, would you go and watch it somewhere? Would you watch it at home? And I was thinking about it. My immediate instinct was, I got to watch this at home. Uh, I'm going to have to do a post game after, right? Um, unless we go there or something. Uh, and to be honest, I think we would do a watch along. <laughs> I'll tell you exactly what I do, Tony. I would go out back and I would get a projector for if the Panthers made the Super Bowl, I would buy a projector. I would go out back and I project it on my shed. Um, because I have a pretty big shed. It's about the size of, the, of a one bedroom apartment in my backyard. I'd project it on the side of that. I'd let the goats and the pigs and the chickens out. I'd invite a bunch of people over and I'd start a bonfire and it was with animals and people. I just, just have a, have a party. party. Celebrating the Carolina Panthers' first Super Bowl victory. Oh, well, that's a big, that's a, he's going straight there. If we make it to the Super Bowl, if we make it, brother, we are, we are winning the goddamn Super Bowl. It's all the Speak it into existence. Manifestation. I love it. And hey, also, I wanted to give out a real quick plug, real quick. We've been doing these film room sessions. Uh, You already alluded to it, Tony, on the channel. 
I've been breaking down Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. And because this is such a big debate, you know, we're going to do multiple film sessions of both Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, really get into the nitty gritty of what they both do. Uh, right now, the Bryce Young first film session that we did is up live for everyone on YouTube. However, if you would like to see the CJ Stroud one that we did, that'll be up on YouTube for everyone as well. But if you would like to get priority first access to all of the film rooms that we're going to do from now until the draft, hit that join button for only $1.99 a month. You get first access to these film rooms that we're going to be doing. And in the coming weeks, I'm going to try and get some special guests to break down some of this film with me. So that's going to be really fun. You know, we have to delve into this great master debate like Tony calls it. So uh, hit that join button if you would like to support the podcast and definitely check out those uh, film rooms coming up on the channel and like and subscribe. That's all we can ask for. Uh, I'm going to give you a kind of a little maybe a nudge, a challenge or just a tip for before you make that next uh, Bryce Young um, film review is we have a unique opportunity right now. And let me see. It is called. Hold on. We can go. It's through Underdog Fantasy. Hold up. I don't want to listen to it. You can go to Underdog Fantasy Football on YouTube. And uh, what's his name? His name is Josh, Josh Norris. Morris. Who used to, oh, yeah. yeah, he used to be at work in, for WFNZ like 15 years ago or something. And he yeah, went on been, yeah. to, to be a big, you know, he went on to be with CBS or one of these big, you know, and now he's, I think he's doing his own thing. Uh, big fantasy football guy. But there are film breakdowns with R before he was hired as our um quarterback coach josh mccown talks about yeah. both of these players so maybe if you watch those back to back before you then did your film breakdown you can maybe get a little tease into what he sees and looks at and highlight some of that i think it i watched uh the cj stroud one and i started watching the bryce young and i gotta say i felt like he gushed over cj stroud Same. and he, <laughs> and he was very positive about bryce young so yeah. Those are the things. This is the C3 Panthers podcast. Get your calls in at 252-228-5098. We want to hear what you want to talk about. Tell us what the people have to say about the Carolina Panthers. Let's get into the show, guys. What's up? For oh, one more plug. Next week. Right now, put it in your calendar, folks. Especially the old hats. Former Carolina Panther David Geddes will be joining the C3 Panthers podcast. Mm. Uh, David Geddes... Poor guy, not poor guy. I'm sure he's like having a wonderful dude and all of this is uh played on some tough Panther teams. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh that wasn't under the best of circumstances. He was in Carolina for that two and ten, I believe. He played with St. Pierre, notched three touchdowns, five hundred yards for the Carolina Panthers on three uh, 36 receptions. We really were very excited about a gym, a diamond in the rough. Struggled with injury, was not in the league very long, but former Baylor player. Now he's a college coach, uh, and he's going to join the C3 Panthers podcast. But I really want to pick his brain. You guys, you know, be in contact with me about what you want to know. I really want to know what it's like for a guy that's in the late rounds, right, how they are trying to fight to, to be in the league. That's something that interests me. I'm also interested in what he thinks about Terrace Marshall Jr., a player that really kind of resembles him in a skill set in so many ways. 
and uh, also has struggled with injury. You know, how does he persevere? Different little take because uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., second-round draft pick, so advantage there. So be sure to tune in next Tuesday for that. Cody Lack, what do we got? Yeah, man, let's jump into this show. Are the Carolina Panthers more aggressive than ever before? And, um, yeah, I uh, I I think that um, we have a very good reason to say yes. And But first, we're going to, as always, start with these quarterbacks as we do. And then we'll break down some of this new information from Peter King. So if we do a real quick mock draft roundup uh, right now, everyone is still penciling us for C.J. Stroud except for uh, Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, everyone seems to believe that C.J. Stroud isn't going to be the number one pick for the Carolina Panthers. However, Peter King put out some very interesting information recently, and I felt like it was relevant enough for us to talk about. Um, so uh, this is from Peter King. This is from his article. Check it out. Uh, he said, you're the one who started that. Panthers coach Frank Reich said to me at the league meetings about this quarterback hype thing I wrote about in March. <laughs> Reich has been a quarterback coach, coordinator, or head coach for 17 years, and in all but six games of those 17 years, his quarterback was 6'4 or taller. He told me the height of the quarterback is not really a thing, so the 5'10 Bryce Young and 6'3 C.J. Stroud are both very much alive in the running for the first pick of the draft, and I believe him absolutely. But the longtime friend of Reich's told me, a longtime friend of Reich's told me the height thing is legit with him. Though Reich hasn't told him so, this friend would be surprised if Young were Reich's top choice. Reich's not saying. The other thing I hear is several, and this is one of the things that got people buzzing on Twitter. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, the other thing I hear is several influential voices in the organization favor Young. That doesn't mean Young will be the pick. Not at all. This is a collaborative choice, and the Panthers will still have organizational meetings ahead to set their draft board with finality. But before he took the Carolina Panthers quarterback job, Josh McCown reportedly told friends he loved Young. What that means after he studies all the passers, I don't know. I asked one coach who studied the top quarterbacks and two top analysts who have also studied them uh, and how they have them ranked after the pro day. The coach I gave an anonymity, blah, that's a tongue twister. Anonymity. Anonymity. There you go. That's the one. Uh, Todd McShay of ESPN and Daniel Jeremiah were the others. I did not tell of the three opinions to any of the others. Um, each of the three has the order of the top three as Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis was four and and McShay and Jeremiah, but the coach said he's not so on Levis and believes he deserves a second round grade. This also generated some buzz right here. The game has changed in how quarterbacks are viewed. Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, both height challenged, have seen to that. Still, what's notable to me is that we're talking about a 5'10 and 1'8", 190-poundish quarterback without Kyler Murray speed, possibly being the top quarterback picked in the draft, over a six foot three Stroud who sliced and diced the national champs with by far the best defense in college football. Just watch Young, the coach said. When I watch tape, I don't see size. He doesn't play small. This follows another team official who told me before the meetings, Young's height is not a disadvantage. Well, it is, but he might still be picked first on, a, on draft night, assuming 
Rank is on board. Last thing of note, Frank Rank is not one to brawl about players, uh, even one as important as this one. He is a consensus seeker. I think he likes Young and likes him a lot. I just don't know if he likes him more than Stroud, but if he favors Stroud and if the majority of the influencers inside the Panthers love Young, I believe Rank will be okay with picking Young. So my question to all of you is, are we believing this? Is this all just smoke screens? And do we think that right now most people in the Panthers organization prefer Bryce Young over CJ Stroud? Man, this is look, uh, this is a non-story. This is there's and, and I mean you gotta write stories like this at draft time. This is what this is why I hate like this is why I get irritated by draft coverage. It's a z it's all speculation. We've been covering everything that all of these guys have said. None of these guys got inside real true inside sources to what the Panthers are going to do at this pick. Nobody's leaking information right now unless it needs to be leaked, right? In fact, I would argue that they have not made their decision as yet. I mean, as they you know, they are working through the process. This is what all of these stories, every single one of them are based on the exact things we've heard in press conferences, right? So you hear something. You hear one thing right here is you hear somebody start talking about, oh, Frank Wright has never had a small quarterback. And then we'll talk about that. And that becomes a storyline that infiltrates the narrative. Then you hear this is that he says, look, uh, he, he goes on to say, no, is the size his height alone? And he said this at the combine, I think, or at one of the press covers, his size alone is not the deterrent. But you do have to consider that his size is a factor uh, to think about, right? We know that. We know too that, like every one of these things, we have heard. We have heard. Look, when they say people within the organization like Bryce Young, it's based on a snippet from David. I mean, from either from David Tepper or more probably more likely. I remember Scott Fitter saying, "Yeah, he's a guy that is a elite quarterback." Right? They take this one thing. And what they do is any single person, every single one of these articles, and really arguably your position, if you believe the Carolina Panthers are split over this, if you believe Frank Reich's a consensus seeker and that the other guys want this and he's willing to go around all of this, you're really just looking for it's verification bias. Verification bias to what you already think and what you already believe. Nobody, this is no new information to any of this. Everybody has said from the beginning, these two guys are elite, like the talents, right? They're the top talents and they have, we have heard all of this crap about Russell Wilson is based on stuff last year that, uh, that Scott Fitter said about height and batted balls and talking about Russell Wilson. So it's just like, we're piecing together data to create a narrative that we want rather than what is really informed. We don't know who the heck, who the heck in that room is just in love with who? Right. And if you really, truly want the most insight you could probably get is just go in and listen to Josh McCown talk about what yeah. that film review. That's probably the best source of information. <laughs> but all of this draft hype is speculation. And what they have to do is they got to go write a blog about it. Go write a blog about it. Well, these guys played hard. Go write a blog about it. No, um, that's it. I mean, I don't think this is But you guys take off. 
I mean, I, I, I don't think that uh, we're picking number one. I don't know that there's many smoke and mirrors that are, are to be had with this. I, yeah. I don't have the the feeling that we're playing this game of trading back and trying to recoup some of those uh, those picks or anything along those lines. I don't think Houston's even interested in that. Um, you know, I think at this point in time, the, the Panthers are going to be taking a quarterback, number one. There's not going to be a game that they're playing. There's not going to be anything crazy there. I don't really know why there would be smoke screens. This doesn't make a tremendous amount of sense to say there's smoke screens. However, um, I think it's fair to say I've watched, like I said, I, I haven't watched any others other than CJ Stroud and Young. But the the gap between them, like as far as, even if you take into consideration the size, like the gap for me, I was a big Stroud fan. I don't think that gap is as much as I thought it was, as much as I wanted Stroud. Um, you know, and, and, and so the idea that Young is a special player is, is something that I think you could see with the playmaking ability that he had. Um, the decision making that he had. Um, I mean, it was just the only thing that uh, there was really not much that Josh McCown, if you guys watched that, it was an underdog fantasy uh, film breakdown. Um, the only thing that I think he had an issue with was uh, that he misplaced one of the balls. Like he was in, he, I, I think it was a bit of an unfair comparison between him and Stroud when they did that because they did Stroud. They did his best game of his entire career against Georgia. Oh, and they did the worst game for... Exactly. Um, but they had I, a reason. They tried to explain it, but I do I, think that's a good point to make, though. It's yeah, just so, you're bringing up. But even with that, I mean, when you look at what, what you know Young is able to do, and it was clear that there is a difference in talent level. I'm not saying that Stroud had the benefit of, you know, I'm not using that against him, but I mean, I will say that Young seemed to be really good with his decision making um and so i could see what's young your takeaway from it their eyes what's your takeaway from what you learned about bryce young today i think bryce young is the most mentally prepared quarterback to start in the nfl than any quarterback that i've i would have seen in the past and i think it has a lot yeah. to do with his upbringing um he was a uh, he, his father's a, a psychologist, so like it's uh, it, this. He's he's been practiced in a lot of the ways to m prepare yourself mentally for some of the worst possible situations, and um, uh, you know, his father probably helped him tremendously. That's why I think that it's no surprise that he is one of the most calm, most uh, you know, un uh, unfazed phased. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Unfazed. The quarterbacks of this of this draft um of, of of really a lot of quarterbacks in the past as well like even he's when a he guy that a bowls 300 he's a he's a guy that bowls 300 he, not really i don't know that but he's a guy right. that sinks the putt on 18 to win the masters right the pressure is on he doesn't shrink even though he is small one question to you ck and then we we'll give it to greg the one, I won't say, I don't know. I haven't watched a ton. I mean, I'm kind of like you. I've just watched a little bit of other people talking about it. Um, does Bryce Young do anything great and exceptionally better than anybody else? Or is he just really sound at every single thing? I think I think that it's, you know, again, this is just off of a limited amount of info. I just spent today watching the, right. the, the film. Right, watching the film breakdown. I didn't even get to watch all the film. Right, obviously I'm not a film junkie in that respect. 
Um, I think Bryce Young is above average at everything, which is, I think, a, a rare enough, uh, a rare enough trait for any quarterback, right? You you typically have trade offs, right? I think Bryce Young is probably the most balanced that we've seen come out of the draft in a while. Um, okay. I don't know that you would consider him elite in any you know any category in particular outside of his decision making yeah like the um, ice cold joe burrow right um, that's important right you know cam newton was had a, a elite athleticism and an elite arm right but he had questionable decision making um and you know other other questions yeah. about from a accuracy question right? well, accuracy Questions. Right, accuracy exactly, and 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 you know typically you see that across the board, even with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was considered a gunslinger, a risk taker. He wasn't c- considered exceptional uh, it, at at anything beyond his arm strength, right? And and his accuracy was a question in, in college, from my recollection. Um, so I mean, Bryce Young just t- seems to be the most polished quarterback that I think we've seen come out of a draft in a long time. Um, you're up. Hey, man. Uh, Greg, Greg, Greg wants on the mic real quick. Greg, you're muted. Hey, no, listen, I'm going to let Greg go, but uh, we have to give this uh, very special thank you to Just Don't Care, who gifted another five super fan subscriptions in our chat room. Nice. To Janny Trejo, nice. Patty Crimes, Carson Warren, Right Bets, and Hell Jess yeah. Clowney. Just Don't mm-hmm. Care. You're the man, brother. We love you, dude. Thank you. Appreciate that so much. Yeah. Greg, jump in on the convo, brother. <sighs> okay, look, I've been I've been studying and looking at CJ Young or CJ Young, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young uh footage. And look, I'm gonna tell you, I just don't see the difference between the two that makes anybody really, really make a huge difference in their pick to be honest with you i think that you can say that maybe one is smarter than the other as far as reading the field but it's not so significant that it makes that much of a difference and here's my thing i'm going to go back to what i've been following on the whole time i can teach somebody to read the field better i cannot teach somebody to be taller okay and everybody wants to come at me with these drew Brees stats and you know drew Brees this that that's great Drew Brees is three inches taller than Bryce Young. Three inches taller than Bryce Young. Okay. So while while, while I I feel like that if we, no matter who we draft in this draft right here, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, I don't think we're a loser. I think there's a great consolation prize for whoever gets next. But I've even heard of the uh, today, the Texans being willing to trade their pickup. Yeah, draft out of the number well. two pick to go to number nine and pick Will Levis. I don't believe that. So, so when, but when I hear like, that, it makes me wonder: is there a big difference between these two guys, or is one guy hands down the best, no matter what, and the other guy is way behind him? I'm going to tell you, I can't see much of a difference between the two. I, I'm like, like, I I don't see a ton of great reads, but I when I compare. Bryce Young to CJ Stroud. I don't Or you I, well, actually what I, what would I, say this is how about this? If Bryce Young's real asset is his decision making, uh I don't think that I've had um I've heard that Stroud had a weakness in decision making. Right, right, right. 
Like when I, when I watch the footage, like I watch both players and I see like, if you pull up Bryce Young and CD Stratton highlights right now and watch both of them, the, the 20 minute highlights they put up, maybe three out of the first 10, 12 passes they throw for both players. I can look and say that's the interception in the NFL. I think the thing though for Bryce Young and that people would say, and people that are film junkies, people that are watching this closely, that would say this is Bryce Young does really well when the play doesn't go as planned. And so when the pocket's not perfect, he's got, you know, is that so we're looking uh, yeah. at, we're looking at CJ Stroud saying he's a good decision maker, but he also has time to throw, make the decision. <clears throat> and then we're saying Bryce Young has great decision making and read skills and the line's not great and some different things. I don't love that argument because I'm like, oh, woe to Alabama and their lack of talent. Um, I will right. just for the height thing say this. It size matters, folks. And for someone who thought their whole life, they not for their whole adult life, they were five ten. One I went to the doctor one time and they said where well, I measured myself, and I said five ten. And then I went to the doctor, maybe four maybe five six, nine and a half. Five nine and three quarters, dude. Or at least my wife says my wife says five nine. Like I, I felt like <laughs> this. That girl, you know how they put the thing up, they little yep. and they put that little thing on your head. She ain't give I, you no breathing room. Dude, I felt like she tried to push me to the center of the earth. Yep. But how about this? Is I really felt I've I want to be 5'10. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like I feel like at a certain point you're allowed to round up. And it's like <laughs> you know, I want to do what, what's uh four quarters of an inch, dude. Well, like that, turns out <laughs> Dude, so, okay, look, first off, so let me say something real quick, and then we need to take care of some business here. Um, but uh, listen, I, I've said this before. After Christian McCaffrey was drafted, love him or hate him, but David Gettleman had a propensity to really drop some knowledge with those words that he would say. And he said that Christian McCaffrey had Luke Kuechly DNA, meaning he was an incredible studier. He was always in the film. He was, uh, he just had a next level dedication to his craft. Okay. Well, if I may speak on behalf of Bryce Young, Bryce Young has Luke Kickley DNA at the most important position in football, at the quarterback position. Nick Saban said himself that as soon as they would uh, be done playing a team, Bryce Young would look over all of the film from that previous game before any of the coaches had a chance to do so. Okay, th this man, uh, you know, for, for all of the things that we say about him being small and undersized, and he is. I mean, if we draft him, he is going to be the smallest quarterback in the NFL without question, right? But with that said, there is nothing more, in my opinion, that Bryce Young could do to make up for his lack of size. He has incredible pocket awareness. He has great touch of the football. Even when he's under pressure, he keeps his eyes downfield. He has such a, uh, an ability to make people miss in space. And that's why uh, I really, even though he is a small guy, I would not be upset at all if the Carolina Panthers drafted him number one. And before, you know what I – yeah, yeah, go ahead, CK. I'll say before we do business, because I know we got to get this done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, that point I think is important. And even with you saying the smallest quarterback in the NFL, I think it's worth mentioning that he won the Heisman at the size that he is. I know the college is a different world. 
But where do you think all the NFL players came from? They all came from college. He was, you know, a lot of these people that are in college right now are going to be superstars in the NFL. And they didn't win the Heisman over him, right? So I think that you've got to take that into consideration. That's how special, I mean, even the, the fact that he is as small as he is, the fact that he is considered as the number one potential overall pick should tell you just how much he is as far as how much better of a NFL-ready quarterback he is than anybody else in, in, this, in this draft. I'm not saying he's going to be the best quarterback. I'm saying... Talking about game one, he is going to be the best player on the field between all four of these people. Um, that might change three years down the line, and that's to, to Greg's point, right? That's where you start to really have this conversation of whether or not you want to go with the C.J. Stroud who can develop to have similar traits, um, and maybe even now that he has the size and uh, and the height that you want out of a quarterback, or maybe even an Anthony Richardson, you have that benefit of saying you know, uh, that they could be, they have a higher ceiling, if you will. But Bryce Young, hands down, I don't even think it's close. He's the most pro-ready. Yeah. Uh, listen, all, all great points. And something cool is uh, these guys are friends with one another, man. They're literally right now training for the draft together. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys are really good friends. There's some clips of them before the Elite 11 competition that they both participated in, which C.J. Stroud won that Elite 11. Uh, I mean, there are pictures of them uh, uh, goofing around, joking around. These guys are exceptional young men. That's part of the reason why I'm really happy with both of them, and I know a lot of other Panther fans are. But you know what? Speaking of Panther fans, let's give credit where credit is due to some of these incredible new members of the C3 Panthers podcast. CK, talk to these people, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we have an abundance of new members thanks to some gifted subs, but we also have some people who've just hit that join button, and that is including our independent journalist for CarolinaCatChronicles.com, C3D's Ill Skills. Thank you for joining the C3 Superfan Club. We also have Padawan Panther, who's also hit that join button for $1.99. They said, we want to support what you guys do. We want to show up and have you be a part of our day in and day out lives. And we want to support you financially. So I appreciate all you absolute legends. Welcome to the C3 Superfan Club. Hey, and then our boy White Chocolate Espresso with the $1.99 says, piss off everyone and draft Levis so I can laugh. Hey, dude, we were watching the world burn on that night, man. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I mean, dude, this is going to be a conversation that we're not going to be able to get away from. So, like I said, man, hit that like and subscribe, and we're going to be uh, doing these film room sessions, breaking down Bryce and CJ. Uh, the CJ is going to upload for everyone this week, but early access to members. Uh, and uh, next, when we look at Bryce next, we're going to look at some of his Heisman campaign, some of his 2021 films. So that is going to be really incredible stuff. Um, yeah, man. But I have one, one final yeah, kind of pivot point of fan discussion on this. Okay. As we kind of dive in looking for every single hint or read the tea leaves of what the Carolina Panthers will do. There has been some people that have brought up a discussion of why the national media and why the fans or a lot of people 
are so interested in what Josh McCown has to say about a quarterback rather than the offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown. And I got to say, I think this is trying to find a problem where there a problem doesn't exist, right? Is um, especially from a national media perspective is that well, Thomas Brown's never been an offensive coordinator. Nobody has really ever heard of him except for, as we heard the candidates coming out, that he was a hot candidate under McVay and some different things. He was uh, he was not a quarterback in college. He was a tight end, an assistant head coach, a running backs coach. He had he played for South Carolina, Miami, Georgia, or maybe his coaching experience there. But my my thing is this: is that I'm not saying that Thomas Brown's opinion is not important in this decision, and I'm right. not even saying that Josh McCown's opinion should be weighted heavily. I just yeah. don't think there's really something nefarious in the background going on. I think, look, Josh McCown is a well-known name across football. He was a quarterback in the NFL for a bazillion years, whether it was in a in a backup capacity. And that is um, – it just we- seems like the, the, the thing – it just name recognition alone sounds like this is the guy that you would try to find some insight from. Well, number one, I agree with that, but I also think we can talk about the fact that Thomas Brown isn't necessarily known for his quarterbacks, right? He's not he's not coming in here with a crazy quarterback uh, history, history, right? Yeah. Um, on top of that, was Brown even at the NFL Combine? And I'll quickly answer that for you. He was not. It was uh, it was Fitterer. It was McCown and it was Reich in the stands. It was not Thomas Brown. Thomas Brown was at some of the pro days, but that tells me that Brown is focused on other things and they're going to be able to get their their quarterback. So I don't think there's anything to be a problem with. Unfortunately, I think what ends up happening with a lot of these things is a lot of the, is some of the people that, you know, we probably, I'm not going to name drop, but some people are just trying to use this as an opportunity to have a, a nice little Twitter uh, quote that's going to go uh, and get a bunch of hits because everybody's going to tagging there and, people like tagging right, right. national shows with right. some things it, like that. Well, right. It's, it's just an opportunity to create clout in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. I don't think there's anything nefarious about what's going on. Um, and, and I, like I said, I, I think it's clear just based on the fact that he wasn't even at the combine that it's, this is a decision between Reich McCown, Fitterer, and maybe even David Tepper. Well, and let me say this, too. So one of the reasons how I saw this uh, argument got started is somebody was saying that Josh McCown, that his opinion should matter more than Anthony Brown, because if Anthony Brown has Thomas Brown. Top, Thomas Brown. Pardon me, if Thomas Brown has a really good year this year as the offensive coordinator, he's going to be out the door in one year and Josh McCown is still going to be here for the Carolina Panthers. And maybe that is maybe that isn't true. I don't know, but what I will say is this. Um, you know, I feel like the title matters. It does matter. And if we're just being fair, I think if you are the offensive coordinator, especially going into this rookie year, I do think that the opinion of uh, uh, of uh, Thomas should weigh a little bit more than Josh McCown's. And I also don't feel like our coaching staff is building a – uh, a, a room where uh, one opinion it reigns supreme over the other. In fact, that's one of the things that I believed from that prior Peter King article is that this organization 
is really doing everything in their power to find a consensus and to value everyone's opinion. And, you know, I know that's going to be hard to do when you have so many cooks in the kitchen. But, you know, I think that Thomas Brown, you know, uh, he's going to be authoring this offense in a lot of ways this year. And or, I is he? His- or is he truly? Is he not really? We know Reich's play, calling the plays from the beginning. And he yeah, said he's going to phase right. him in and some d- different things like that. I understand. I think you make a good point. The t- Look, his, I'm sure that his input input will be considered well-received and valued. But the idea is this, is what I'm just trying to say is that you've got two quarterbacks in Frank Reich and McCown that played the position in the NFL for over a decade each. You know, is that, I, and yeah. I'm not saying that his opinion should matter. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, is this fine? It just seems like trying to find a problem. Yeah. Where rather than it being, exist. yes. And that's all yeah. I got to say about it. Or, all right. But that's it. Let's move yeah. on. And, and again, Josh McCown is also incredibly respected now. I, I think he's going to be a great coach. And there's a very big possibility that he might be the future offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers down the road. You never know, man. Some people really take to this coaching thing. But, um, uh, so okay, let's move on to our next topic here. Uh, on theathletic.com, Joe Pershing, uh, and, uh, in collaboration with a few other people, put out uh, this article about what went into the process of the Carolina Panthers actually getting the number one overall pick. And I felt like uh, it would be good to kind of mention some of this stuff because it kind of gives an insight into our general manager and, 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 you know, what they're basically what they're doing and the, and the mindset of Scott Fitter and this organization and how they uh, go through things. So uh, this is a brief summary from the fencing coach on Reddit on NFL. Uh, he says the turning point where Fitter realized he needed to make moves for the quarterback was when the Panthers were in the running for the NFC South under interim head coach Steve Wilkes and their loss to the Bucks in week 17. To understand what an ideal trade for the number one pick would be, Bears GM Ryan Poles actually phoned the Blackhawks GM Kyle Davidson. He used his analytics team to determine wins over expected to see what a trade acquisition might do for the Bears. The Panthers were the first team to meet with Chicago about the trade. They met for 20 minutes at the combine and realized the Panthers couldn't trade up to number one with picks alone. After Reich spent the last three seasons by trading and or signing older quarterbacks, they decided to go with a draft and develop approach. Poles liked what you saw from the top quarterback prospects, but realizing the Bears had deep knees, he decided to go uh, for a trade for the trade approach to accumulate players and picks. Federer was at his daughter's soccer game and was like, Fuck watching my daughter's game. I got to get this trade done. And by the way, this is probably the words of the Reddit poster here. Uh, he said, <laughs> uh, and uh, so he did with the Tepper's approval. Fitterer and Poles agreed that DJ Moore was worth the first round pick equivalent, which was key part of the negotiation. The Panthers kept a few of their young staples, Derek Brown and Brian Burns, off the table in the trade. The final part of the trade was negotiation over which second the Panthers would send. The Panthers wanted to keep their higher pick and ended up giving their lower second from the CMC trade. And boom, 
trigger pulled. So this That's is the win of the trade right there to me. Yeah, that final point. Agreed. 100%. And by the way, I don't care if people disagree with me or not. I believe that right now, Scott Fidger is the best known general manager in the NFL, the best up-and-coming general manager, and I'm going to call my shot. I believe in the next couple of years, we're all going to be talking about Scott Fitterer as the best general manager in the NFL. What's up, boy? Get at me. Uh, you know, I like – actually, I'm going to pull back the old slide. Uh, there's a couple of things that stand out to me. The three points that come out to me on that, or maybe two – Number one was um, the Frank Reich and has has dealt with the older aging bridge type quarterback for the last few years. And he's had some success with it, but he's also seen the challenges and the failures of that. I like that the Carolina Panthers, who have done the same thing over the last couple of years. I like just this is not repeating rinse and repeat, you know, is that Mm -hmm. we took a different. It's like it's kind of learning from your past, I hope. And then the other is, um, I know that we have a first-round grade on DJ Moore, but again, wide receivers, far easier position to replace in production and talent. Very good player, but having a franchise quarterback or having DJ Moore, I think this is the right move, and I think it was CK that said this in a past show. This could just be a good trade for both teams. The real win for me comes in the fact that we did not give up the 39th. We gave up the 61st. And just to show you what this does, real quick, if we pull this up, I found this um, this chart right here, and it talks about how the they rank the I guess what type of picks you have. The Carolina Panthers have the number one pick. They have two picks in the top fifty. Now, if we would have traded away that thirty ninth, that would have been a one there. That would have been the one, and we would have had a sixty one. We have three picks in the top hundred still. And six picks overall. It sounds to me like the Panthers, while they may have given up some future value at some times in the draft, really were able to maintain, look, we don't need more than six picks in the draft, honestly. right? And, uh, you know, I mean, it's like at some point, it's better Mm. to have three or four really good picks than to have a bunch of players that come into the draft that aren't going to be on the team in two years. And if you go back to what the Panthers did, do you remember that draft where we had like eight picks? Two year, uh, maybe it was uh, Matt Rule's first draft. There's like only one, two players: Bravion Roy and uh, Jeremy Chin, still on the team. So yeah. that's my take on it. Yeah, and uh, and these guys remember Brady Christensen was drafted in the third round. Uh, I, I think Fedor has done a tremendous job. Uh, I agree with JD uh, eight sixty four man in the, from the beautiful Isles of Hawaii. Let fit. Cook, man, I really have a feeling that Fitterer is going to end up being absolutely worth it, and he continues to prove that. I love the free agent signings. I love what we've done in the draft so far. I'm excited to see what we're going to do in the draft this year. But, Tony, before we go on, wait, dude, the chat room is so lively tonight, man. People are in there fighting in the chat room. But we also got another incredible donation, a love bomb, $20 love bomb from P-Dubs. He says, what up, C3? I've said it before, uh, taking Young at number one uh, is an asymmetric risk given his size. His intangibles don't outweigh his size, in my own opinion. Let's take Stroud and not rush him. Cody, I'm 100% with you on all things Lamar. Yeah, baby. I appreciate you, P-Dubs. That's awesome, man. Good looking out, brother. Fantastic stuff. 
uh, uh, my bastard son also coming in here with a dollar ninety nine uh, support. How about that? How about when your bastard son gives you money rather than me giving him money? He says, <laughs> "Tony, now jitters for fitters." Fitter. Uh, I will point this out. One way that I look, I thank you guys all for uh, your monetary contributions. We are trying to build our super fan club. But really, what you can do is help us just by supporting the show by being in the chat, calling into the show at 252 228 5098, and smashing the thumbs up button. Another way that you can support the show is just jumping over to CarolinaCatChronicles.com. So and- many people have hit me up. Wanting to write for the site, man. Connor, I got to. Everybody so is welcome. Uh, I've got to respond to Connor. I do want to mention that, guys. Uh, look, it was a delay. I did not get last week's podcast up till this morning. Uh, I had to leave for New York uh, first thing Wednesday morning. Kind of a last minute. I decided on Monday, I think, of last week to go to a family funeral. Man, these Italian family funerals are real deals, dude. This was a three-day, full-day, full-on event. Great time with family, but I was on the road the whole time. My laptop had died the week before, so it was like really just on my phone, and I just was unable to get the podcast up. So I apologize to that to the people that were waiting for that. A lot of people hit me up saying, "We need this. This is the best, my favorite podcast. Get on yeah, the man. ball, Tony. It is up, and I will make sure this one is up first thing tomorrow morning." Likewise, D's ill skills has been writing for the show for the website. He's got some stories in the hole that I will be working on over the next 24 hours to get up, uh, get onto the site. So go to the website, check out, consider writing. It's a fan site that we're going to try to maintain and build. And the last thing, this is a cool thing right here. You could always do is you hit the shop icon or the, you go to the shop section there. We still have some really cool merchandise. I never, you know, this is why I'm not a good salesman. We've had this merchandise for years, and I don't even mention it on the show. Great keep pounding shirt for people that are living in. Now, look, is for the people across the pond, we're going to have to work on the dang shipping, man. Every time I go to ship something, I try to cut them a break. It's expensive to ship international. But look, we've got some good prices. Put it in the bank. This is my favorite shirt. Guess who designed this for me? Lynn Leonhardt. She designed my two favorite shirts that we've actually all of our shirts she designed my favorite shirt she designed except for this one this is the first one we got but put it in the bank put that lombardi in the bank we can bring this one back now because of uh really the optimism going forward so those are some ways that we continue we're going to try to this is our year this is the year of c3 we're going to kill it don't forget david Geddes coming up Next week on the C3 Panthers podcast, get your calls in 252-228-5098. What's up next, Cody? Yeah, man. So let's jump into some of the more recent Panther news. Uh, Eddie Pinheiro was signed to a contract, and now we know that it is a two-year, $4.1 million deal. Um, but what do you guys think about this uh, th- this deal for uh, Eddie Pinheiro? Love it. I mean, <clears throat> we don't have many better options. Like, I can't tell you a kicker right now that we would have that would be better than Pinheiro. Uh, Pinheiro was the Atlanta guy, though, right? That was one game. Um, no, I get I get you. You're right. And that's why I'm not going to totally dismiss him. Yeah, I mean, again, I, and, and you guys know I, how I felt about that. I felt like he did lose that game for us, right? But, right. and that's 
contrary to to Tony. No worry, I'm not. I'm we're not. Um, I'm not going to argue about it. But, <laughs> but um, so, but the difference here is if you look at his stats for the year, is a top, not top ten kicker, top three kicker in the NFL nice. from an from a, a accuracy total, and it wasn't even a matter of like he was taking less kicks. He kicked. He had like the second largest volume of kicks. And he had the, I believe, second best uh, percentage of makes, right? Uh, so the dude was given uh, plenty of opportunity to miss. And outside of that, uh, that one game in Atlanta, which granted was a big deal, especially when you realize how the end of the season happened, um, it, it's and it, maybe it's a blessing in disguise now that we know what's coming down the pipe for the Panthers. Um, but he, uh, you know, he's he's been one of the most. He was probably the best. Uh, kicker we've had in a while, and even if you want to sit there and talk about Zane Gonzalez, Zane Gonzalez had two season-ending injuries that happened with him warming up. I'm not go uh, go and give that guy any type of an extension and bank on him being the guy moving forward. We got lucky that Eddie Pinheiro happened to be money, and we uh, you know we we signed him in and he got rewarded for it. Look, Wild I- part of the story to this um, for me is that it was just reported that we were releasing. Uh, Zane Gonzalez initially and going with Panero. And then like three days later, it goes, huh, turns out we didn't release him, traded him to the 49ers. Yeah. Yep. Fit, fit is cooking. Fit over, man. Oh, by the way, speaking of uh, fit cooking, we got another dono from your bastard son. He says, Tony likes to squat for Scott. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Go ahead, Greg. Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I feel like with Pinero, like, I'm, I'm pretty confident with this guy from, like, 40 yards in. I feel like you've got a very, very, very accurate leg for a mid-range to normal kick, but I don't feel like he has the power or the leg to be a big kicker. I don't think that he's ever going to be the guy that hits a 63-yard field goal to win the game. I feel like he will consistently hit a 40-yard field goal to win the game, which is you know a, a good thing to have. He just doesn't blow me away as a guy that's going to have a big leg. And well, and the, good news, it, you know? the good news with that is that means that we're probably going to be in a lot more short yarded situations that we're going to go for it Hopefully. at 60 yeah. yards out and not just, you know, kick a field goal and hope that we're going to win that way. That's that. How many times in our, in our Ron Rivera era, did we just settle for field goals? And it was just, it ended up being the end of our, you know, uh, end of the game for us because we just kept on just putting it on Graham, Gano, putting it on Graham, right. Gano, putting it on Graham, Gano. I'm much happier with the idea of, hey, let's get a guy who's money uh, for the most part um, in those mid uh, short to mid range and then still sinks them pretty well beyond 50. When you look at the stats, Um, I wouldn't put him out there for a 60 yarder. I'll agree with that. But quite honestly, if we're kicking at 60 yards, I would uh, I would much rather go for it or punt the ball and not not risk giving the uh, opposing team better field position. It just gives me no solace because it's like no matter what happens, like we could have a consistent kicker. But then we saw the injury with Zane. It's just like mm-hmm. I never, I never feel good. I never feel safe, you know. And that I think we could do a lot worse than Eddie Pinero. But it's like, dude, that gives me no, no long term comfort. I guess to say, you know. But uh, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, uh, Greg, you had something you want to say? No, I was going to say, like, I, I got to kind of temper myself with my expectations because, like, when I say that this is not a guy that can hit, like, 60-yard field goals consistently, 
there's only one or two guys out there that can do that. Right. So I, I can't be too upset if we don't. So all, I guess all I'm saying is the signing doesn't like excite me. Like it's like okay, we have sure. a decent kicker. Yeah. Like I'm I'm cool with Pinero. We have a decent kicker. We don't have a guy that I'm like, yeah, we got one of the best kickers in the league with Pinero. Yeah, no. we have one of the so, most consistent, and that's what I'll I'll take that at this point in time, um, especially with a, a rookie quarterback coming in. If you know we get down in the red zone, it's not this type of a situation where, man, if you don't if you don't uh, make a touchdown here, we are not sure our core our running our. Uh, our um, kicker can actually kick the field goal from here. Like we had to deal with Joey Sly. Right. So that part, I will yeah. say that it, I'm, I'm thankful for um, it's, is it, is it a needle mover? No, but it's when you can have consistency at the position, I think that's far more valuable than, um, than trying to get the one person who's unlikely to land on the Panther squad, which is going to be like a, a, a Justin Tucker esque type of person. I don't think those things come along very often. So consistency right. is key at this point yeah no i agree and then um let's also talk about this brand new signing uh for the carolina panthers kamu kruger hill he used to be a um he used to be on the houston texans and basically if you kind of do the research it's looking a lot like uh he's going to be a special teamer uh, somebody that's going to you know be on punt punt returns and then kickoff and stuff like that. Um, I'll, I'll pull up his PFF stats. They were not great, you know, but, you know, this is just another uh, another warm body signed by the Panthers, and maybe this is going to benefit our special team. Any opinions on this, boys? Uh, my opinion on this, guys, is uh, clear. Look, every year we sign players that are brought in to play mainly special teams roles and supportive roles to add depth. I think where's interesting here is where the depth is being added is at linebacker, specifically middle linebacker. I wonder what that means. Does that mean that the Panthers are trying to target linebackers in the draft? Can we read the tea leaves on that? Uh, but we've had players. Oh God, who was the guy we had? And we had him on the show a long time ago that are brought in for those specific roles. Look, you got to We got to talk about it. It's the news. Uh, but this is, you know, this is a part of the game, though. This is, these are part of the things that fill out a roster. It is moves like this. If this guy makes a play on special teams or does something to contribute mm -hmm. or has to step in for Shaq Thompson uh, for a game or two or something like that and is not a significant liability, those are the type of those signings that make a difference in the long term. Right. Yeah. Uh, I have his stats from PFF, from PFF up on screen. In solo tackles, it was 38th. That's tied for 68th. Assists, it was 7th. Or he had 7th. It's tied for 86th. No interceptions, no forced fumbles. And ran some, let's be real, some really bad grades overall. Uh, he wasn't uh, a starter, though, I don't even think. Was he? Yeah, and again, he's a warm or body. Maybe he was. He's a He's a special teams guy. I saw one. I think it might have been a preseason game. He took a pick six back to the house. I don't know. It also wouldn't start me if he played for Houston because the Texans were not a good team. Yeah. So um, if he actually did play some uh, some meaningful time, that that wouldn't surprise me. But um, hey, before we go any further, man, listen, dude, we have um, a bunch of people that love to listen to us talk about the Carolina Panthers, no doubt. But we also have this subset of people 
that only come here for one reason, dude, and that's because they're a bunch of little freaks who like to get shamed by the big daddy himself. Talk to him, Papa. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, history is upon us. We are a few weeks away. Now, you guys may be talking about the draft. I'm talking about Baby Dizzle is going to be here in a few weeks as well. So we're going to find this next few weeks to be super exciting here in the Diz, in the CK household. But you guys have come here to C3 to talk about the Carolina Panthers, the news, the opinions, the news in the NFL, and you haven't hit that like button yet? Well, I have one thing to say to all you absolute freaks. Subscriber shame. Five people watching, 75 thumbs up. Hit that like, hit that subscribe, hit that notification bell for every single time the C3 Panthers podcast goes live. Consider joining for $1.99 a month with specialized early film room sessions that goes live to all of our uh, super fan subscribers. Hit that join button. We appreciate each and every single one of you. And hey, man, listen, me and Tony are very heartened by the amount of people putting C3 in their username. We love that shit. Join our gang, bro. We have a real Panthers gang out here, boy. Put that C3 in the username, wherever you want to do it, man, on Twitter, on YouTube. Let everybody know, C3 Panther Nation, we roll deep, baby, whenever we keep pounding. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know exactly what I'm saying. Hey, we're join our gang, folks. Join our gang. We're here on Tuesday nights. We're here on Friday nights. We're here almost every dang day as we continue to cover in some form of capacity, whether at CarolinaCatChronicles.com or wherever else. Uh, you know, it's turning out to be an interesting, a pleasant component to the Carolina Panthers. It's David Tepper's wife. She turns out like to be the best person uh, in this ownership group of David Tepper. Second wife, uh, she's the looker. Look how she she is short. Uh, shout out to David Newton for the funny for a great tweet where he said uh, that way when he was hugging, she was hugging Bryce Young. Bryce Young, Bryce Young is taller than and he was like, just a note, he's the taller one of the two. Uh, uh, great, yeah, David Newton, uh, the goat, the goat. But uh, they brought in uh, Demar Hamlin, uh, and the Panthers players participated along with the American Heart Association in a CPR training event. Now, we know that DeMar Hanlon suffered an injury in a game leading up to the playoffs. I think it was the final game of the season for the Bills and the Bengals. A lot of uh, controversy surrounding how that was covered, how the NFL was going to work through that. Um, But DeMar Hamlin, I mean, essentially died on the field, uh, as as what I gather. I mean, and... um, I heard, I think it was David Chow who has been on this podcast too. He is the sports MD. He used to, he was a sports doctor for the Chargers. Now he's moved a lot into the sports podcasting world. Like he's got his own show and things like this. And um, he, I, I thought he put it in a way, it, it kind of felt cold in, a, in like a little, I'd say, cold, like he said this if you're going to die, if this is going to happen to you, the best place for it to happen to you is an NFL field because you yeah. have so many emergency responders and professionals right, right there. If this happens to somebody in a car crash 
and their heart stops. You know, it could take minutes. Well, recently, a lot of it has happened to some high school players and some middle school players. And tragically, they ended up dying because they just mm-hmm. didn't have the type of uh, CPR trained people at that well, football game to, to help. Can, can I also point out, too, though, that I think that the, the movies and television kind of dramatize CPR like literally only about like six or seven percent of people that actually get CPR survive, which is what makes this with DeMar Hamlin so much more uh, crazy. Like the movies make it seem like everybody who gets it survives. But quite honestly, the majority of people, when I say majority, I mean, upper 90 percent of people who get it do not survive. And should you survive this, you generally tend to have broken ribs, all kinds of different things, because it is it's a you are trying to jumpstart a heart. Like, or it's keep very it difficult. going, right? The, or just yeah. keep it not yeah. going, but keeping and, the blood flowing manually. Yeah. And the movies make it seem like it always works, but quite honestly, it almost never works, which is why the DeMar Hamill thing was so crazy because it almost oh, never that, works. And God, why does he got a wet blanket time. everything? Greg, <laughs> wet blanket is this. I'm just, yeah. I'm is sorry. this a yeah. PR move? Is this yeah. all for PR? Like the players doing it? Or maybe it's just raising awareness. Right. I mean, they do say they have a commercial on the radio. Like if you listen to like NPR and stuff and it'll be like, remember, staying alive, Uh, 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 staying alive. That's the rhythm that you do. And, you know, they don't even tell you to do mouth to mouth anymore. Now it's just all pumping the chest. Um, You know, but here is the thing is David Tepper. We're going to talk just in a momentarily about how David Tepper compares to another new owner in in the Carolinas when it comes to. Tom Dundon and the Hurricanes, David Tepper's stock has been down. Uh, And it's just in the recent, in the past, I guess, since the firing of Matt Rule, and really since the hiring of Frank Reich, that things have started to turn around. Remember the press conference for Matt Rule explaining it? It was a disaster for David Tepper. He looked terrible in that moment. And what we've seen is that we heard about her being on the hiring committee for Frank Reich. She really seems to be just a, a important, like a good person to have around, like makes David Tepper better. This is whether it's, real, whether it's real, whether it's for show, uh, the Carolina Panthers got a good headline right here and a good moment seeing them do that. Um, so I just wanted to bring that up momentarily. hundred uh, percent. And Tony, listen, I've said before, we've all said before, David Tepper, when you listen to his interviews, for as incredibly smart as he is as a businessman, he's not necessarily a people person. Like he's on so, the spectrum. Yeah, so it, to me, it really kind of benefits to have that woman's touch and to have her being a part of this whole thing, man. And I think things like this kind of show that effort a little bit and, you know, how how important she has uh, been to us. And, hey, shout out all the ladies in Panther Nation, man. We wouldn't be able to do this without y'all as well. And listen to this. White Chocolate says, my cousin was a firefighter, had to give CPR on the guy. Uh, he had to break his ribs. Yeah. yeah. It's oh, a thing. Man, you know, there was, awful. I remember at one point, because litigation has, like, ruined the planet, Right, is that at some point someone was saying that, like, it was like, do people make business decisions? I mean, worried about getting sued uh, and trying to help people. 100%. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think what this story does bring to light, maybe the DeMar Hamlin story more than us with CPR training, which is, you know, it's a nice, hey, look, this is a cool thing. This is like what the Panthers are supposed to use 
their power for is like raising aware. You know, they got a big reach. So these things, they could be for show, but that show has us thinking and talking about it. And, uh, and I'm sure got some donations for the American Heart Association. But I do think this has to do with like what we're probably talking about is um, having the right resources for sports teams, like having the best things, like having these, you know, doctors and things. And what maybe it's not on the NFL level, but like you guys brought up like high school players. Uh, there was in my, in my town, Greenville, North Carolina, in the late 90s, early 2000s, well, early 2000s, J.H. Uh, Rose won something like five state championships. They were really strong football program for a while. They had a player who died of a concussion on the field. Um, mm -hmm. They did a documentary about it. Um, now he had ha suffered a concussion like earlier in the week or something and then got an, you know, and then, and he, this kid died and it was a big, I mean, obviously it's a terrible, a tragedy, but a lot of people first, the guy that was the sports doctor or they're not, not sports doctor, their trainer. There's a lot of questions about how qualified he was, right, to be a medical trainer. I mean, look, the guy ran when I was in high school, he ran detention, right? Like when we had to get where we were late for class and stuff, it was him that I had to go to, like, in a way, what was his? He ended up killing himself later. And some God people, damn, like, that story took a left turn. Well, like, I mean, because he, oh, got, he killed himself. Well, he got a lot of criticism like he was the reason this kid died that he didn't know what he was doing you know what i mean and so really so, what this does is just bring to light the need for the adequate trained people and resources at every level and we know at the nfl they've got the money and the resources to do it but there's a lot of other places that we might need to give this consideration yeah so uh but uh, so this is i wanted to highlight um a couple comments from Pack MD who uh, added some stuff on this great uh, topic of conversation. Pack MD says, as a former par paramedic and now doctor, please get CPR certified. You could be the difference between yeah. saving a life. And he also says, you cannot be sued for doing CPR on a person going in cardiac arrest. Nice. Good, okay. sa good Samaritan law protects you. So. I actually had no idea about that. This so is good. You, See, now we have these conversations and it helps us eliminate some yeah. of the fog around these discussions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. That's why we love these discussions. Even our very own Panther Pickle, he says, I've given CPR many times years ago working as a CNA and as a uh, at a hospital and volunteering as an EMT on an ambulance. So, hey, man, look, we have every opinion accounted for amongst C3 Nation, dude. We have the best fans and um, hey, no, that's a that's a great. Did we have super of, chats, or did we already cover? Oh no, 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 you're right. Well, you're one hundred percent correct. Let me uh. Cue By the way, up. eighty percent right. of our our revenue from the show comes from uh donations and fan support. So thank you very much. Is that while we do get a little bit for views and things on YouTube, it's not as uh awesome as like Mr. Beast. So we are a community that's supporting each other. Absolutely. Uh, White Chocolate Espresso with the 199 says, y'all need models for the C3 closing line? No, Kevin, you can't. <laughs> yeah, fine. Whatever you can do it, dude. I don't care. Uh, C3 Anthony Piccarello says, join the C3 gang members. With was the he the first one that did it? Uh, it was him, Chad Morales. Um, and then we, D's. We, 
uh, yeah, him, Chad Morales, Diz. We had a few people, dude. Now there's a oh, bunch bro, of that people. Fire, bro. There's at least like seven or eight people on Twitter right now. I love it. And more and more people keep popping up, dude. So I'm loving it. We have a, we have a, I don't care. We have the best fans, man. The best fans congregate around the C3 Panthers podcast, baby. Let's jump into this next topic of discussion. Um, renovations at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, Panthers Stadium news due to years of development over the surface. Lots of uptown. The Panthers are planning major renovations to Bank of America Stadium in order to increase available parking. Interesting. I tell you, that is a gosh, it's just like, let's spend $70 million or five trillion billion, whatever they're going to spend only to in a year and a half, we get one winning season. And then it's like, we're going to need a new stadium. (laughs) We're going to need a new stadium. Uh, The one thing I like about this, the more they invest into this, particular facility though means the the better the chances are at staying in downtown or uptown charlotte and i think that's such a cool aspect of our stadium i've heard so many nightmare stories look i'm going to tell you this is that uh, i think it's um the nfl has is kind of run the risk of kind of outpricing its constituents you know, is that as is, is, is it becomes such an expensive endeavor to I, I, I give kudos to all these people that have season tickets and do all of this is that that's just so you it's, it's a lot of financial commitment. Yeah. But for someone from uh, a lot of us, the three of us don't live. Uh, Greg lives the closest out of the bunch that's not in Charlotte. But it is a five, you know, by the end, it's like a four and a half hour haul from my house. You've got to spend money either on hotels or stay with friends and you're eating, you're doing all of this. It is always not just the ticket that is the cost. But I will tell you, I have heard nightmares about people in with Dallas and they say it's like two hundred and fifty dollars to park there or something like that. I mean, because it's like far away and then you can't like there's a cab line that you have to like. It's just like, God, I they, I mean, it's just so expensive. So, look, last week we talked about the raising of ticket prices, maybe just six dollars, but uh, everything's going up. Everything is going up. And I tell you, we're going to talk just a moment about actually, we'll just go ahead and move into it. You guys, what do you think about the need for renovations to Bank of America? Crazy. The stadium's only twenty five years old they're like oh it's decrepit my house is older than that stadium and i love it i mean yes you know i said the last you know a week ago dude we're going to be hearing about david tepper wanting a new stadium in no time flat dude yeah these renovations be damned they're gonna get a new stadium they're already looking at plots of land around charlotte uh to be able to put a brand new stadium and it's it's something that's that's gonna happen, man. That's the name of the game, especially if the Carolina Panthers do finally start to, you know, become a good team and continue to build up in the right direction. Now we have uh, this this number one pick in the draft, 
and it's really yeah. you know the, the the excitement has never been higher than than it is right now can we i want to just jump ahead since we're talking about the cost and the investment and the team let's really let's go to the story that i br- bring up here is uh let's go ahead and pull it up uh this is on the chamber i think it's called chamber.com it's a new a newer website it's a long form um uh discussion about power in place in north carolina they are not a nf they're not a sports thing this is a this is a journalism heavy kind of heavy hidden thing and uh the this was a comparison it's an interesting thing i'm gonna try to get this guy on the show i think eric frederick wrote this piece why the canes are hot and the panthers are not and what he said is this he was just interested in the way these ownerships two owners kind of either came into this moment and uh, kind of how they've tackled it, some of the similarities and differences. Uh, he starts out within the in the subtitle. It says, look, two out-of-state wealthy businessmen each brought major league sports franchises in North Carolina in 2018. The two franchises have moved in different directions since then. Uh, what's interesting is both of these guys also share a very similar story of kind of the rags to riches, you know, the regular guy. Right to the big, big deal. And ultimately there's only two things I, I really suggest giving this a read. It's really neat. It's not a, um, a, like the end all be all of how to look at this, but I just think it brings up some interesting points. Um, one of the things though, is that both of these guys look is Dundon bought a team that was in shambles at the time. Hadn't made the playoffs in like eight or 12 years. Attendance was at an all time low. On the other hand, um, David Tepper bought a team that had been three years removed from the Super Bowl, had a bunch of names, big time names when it came to uh, the, you know, like name recognition. And one of the things that was interesting about this is it says Forbes assigns sports teams a score. That's a ratio of victories per salary dollar with the league average that's set at 100. The Hurricanes score last season was 121 meaning they got 21% more wins for every dollar they paid their players than the league average. On the other hand, the Panthers score was 59. Um, so, I, and look, is this, is really, this this story would be far different if the Panthers were just winning. Right. You know, is that the Hurricanes have been winning. But I just thought this was also, this was the real thing that sets uh, kind of st- stuck out to me and now that we bring up the renovations this is why i wanted to kind of you know pivot towards this david tepper has really while he tried to be a fan favorite early on you really see that gritty desire to make money in the background right is it is at every turn this is really looked at to me as an investment on him and one of the areas that i could see this in where I thought was interesting, the Hurricanes are kind of cutting edge when it comes to the social media game. He wanted the Hurricanes to be talked about. That's why they got the bunch of jerks, right? You remember they called it, they would celebrate these wins. They have the storm surge. They have, uh, they are really appealed to fans. It's a very fun experience. They have generated going to these Hurricane games. It's like, it's really for North Carolina that does not have a hockey culture. It's really important. It's like a big, it's really cool. On the other hand, I think that we found that the Panthers, I don't know if I won't say that they have been bad at this, 
but they just haven't won in these areas. And one of those was, is look, is Tom Dundon came in there right away, lowered ticket prices. He said, we got to get people in these stands. We've got to, they made $5 storm brews. They made the beverage, you know, and maybe this is just the benefit and the luxury of the NFL. They can do whatever they want. You know what I'm saying? We're still going to go. We're still going to watch. We're still going to pay. But look at this. If want, is, the opposing teams will. Right. Oh, good point. The Hurricanes, the brand, is now worth $75 million. The brand, not the team. 11.7% of the team's value of $640 million. The team value is up 52% since Dundon arrived. Panthers brand is worth much more. 170 million, but that's a 4.7% of the franchise value at 3.6, nearly three fourths of which comes from revenue shared by the NFL and media rights. Despite the team struggles, the franchise is still worth 50% more than when Tepper bought it ranks 39th globally among sports franchises. Cool article and, to read here. And if the Panthers ever do get good, we're going to destroy all of that. Well, yeah, but they're also, yeah. guess what's going to go up? Everything the prices and, and look w w without question, but I think also with, with the hurricanes and again, dude, I am by no means an expert on hockey or when they were adopted in or whatever. But I, I think you know with the Carolina Panthers, yeah, you're trying to get people to come fans, but I think that it, you know when they dropped the prices on the canes and made all these other drinks, like it's the cost of customer acquisition. You're trying to make more people into Canes fans earlier in their existence. And I think that's a part of what goes into this as well. What do you mean earlier than in their existence, though? Both of these teams were started as expansion franchises roughly within two years of each other. So both are well, relatively new. Again, like I said, I mean, I, I don't know what the fan base is like for the Hurricanes. I know there's a bunch of fans. But, yeah, uh, it's hard. Also, Look, it's, this is not hockey country, bro. Right. Like, let's just put it that way. Hockey in the southeast is something that people are still kind of getting used to. Remember, at one point in time, the Atlanta uh, Atlanta had the Thrashers, and then that team was never good or whatever, and they ended up moving that team somewhere different. So to me, it, it is. It, it, I mean, that's a good point. It's, it might be a little apples and oranges. Look, is yeah. that look at the NFL is a behemoth. I guess my point here is this, is that the NFL has the luxury to not care about any of this. Like yeah. they don't even he doesn't have to make it a cool experience. He doesn't have what I do like about what what Dundon did is. And I think this is a cool model is sometimes what if we don't just try to make the most money on every single thing? But we just try to make money. And one of the reasons that like I would point this out is do you remember like when the Panthers were doing the Ron Rivera shirts? He had a different shirt every week and they would go to sell them. Why yeah. is it necessary to sell that shirt for forty five dollars? Right. Is that you are printing. You are the one that has the luxury of bulk sales and value. Why can't you in a time just say instead of making nine dollars profit, let's make six and sell 60 more or 60,000 more or something. Yeah. It just really feels like this is that the NFL is among those people that they are so uber successful. It's such a powerful force that they don't have to really care. No, no. I mean, that's the, that's why you buy an NFL team, dude. And Cause you no. know, they're getting ready to pour money in your coffers. Go ahead, Greg. I'll say, Tony, you know you're asking the question that's what's wrong with America right now, right? Like, 
why does Google and Walmart have to lay off so many employees? Why can't the big wigs just take a little less money? <laughs> just, just a little less money than you have to lay anybody off. But that's the and way also, the world that's the way the world works, man. I know. And I just, also, just okay. to be fair, didn't those Ron Rivera shares, I believe also a portion of those went to charity as well. Yeah, yeah they so did. So that yeah. might yeah, that that was also why you Yeah, but, all right. Ran, have, okay. No, but your point no, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I your your point is hundred percent valid. Uh, My and, friend brought brought this up to me. One time I was in the grocery store with him. We were like going and buying food to cook out or something, and they did that. Do you want to round up? for 47 cents like you want to give it to this he said don't do that shit i was like what do you mean don't do that? that's 40 you know what I mean? like it's like this is like the easiest thing i can do he said they're the ones getting the tax break for the donation so it's like they yeah. take your money then right. donate it and then use it as a tax break to do all this and that is yeah, like it's like it's ver it's like fake so it's like if yeah. you really want to donate to these organizations don't make us do it you do it david tepper you got a billion dollars and i mean look it's like i'm i'm always to the point and look i understand there's a lot of different people with a lot of different positions in america i respect them all i really do and i think that the truth usually lies in the middle but i always say this is where i think it's like I, why is it i mean like the people with the most cry the loudest sometimes and wham 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 and i was uh in the car with some people that were very um, specific on their political views, my uncle and some different things for like nine hours. Uh, I oh did very boy. good. I did very <laughs> good. No, as like I, I try. I'm been. I mean, as I'm getting older, I'm trying to be more respectful of just opinions and like yeah, I'm not going to change people's minds as much. Uh, but I did say this is like we were talking about inflation and some different things. I want to go for, um, and they were like, uh, they were like, you know, I mean, it was all market factors, market factors. I was like, yeah, that those are some cases. There are there's some real truth to why things are going that way. But it's also interesting when you see companies thriving more than ever in these moments and you wonder how much is real. And I was like, look, Walmart had uh, record record profits, record profits. And they were like, no, Walmart's struggling. I was like, what do you mean? I was like, he was like, I read an article that they were closing some stores, bro. They made Eight hundred billion dollars in profit, or something, last year, or some shit like that. It's like he's like the operating costs are going up. Yes, but they are. So anyway, donate, hey, yeah, that's a, that's donate, David Tepper, your own damn money to the American Heart Association. Don't use our donations as your tax write-off, folks. Don't be conned in to giving Food Line thirty-seven cents. Just go make a $10 donation to that place yourself and you get the tax write off. Hey, Tony with the wisdom. Sorry. Gots to love it. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Adam Thielen. Hey, man, he is showing that Panther love. He has a silver helmet, the blue cleats, and uh, he was out there getting some work in uh, on the field. I wanted to share this video because people were sharing it and basically saying, that Adam Thielen's out here looking slow. Uh, I can't go full screen with uh, Instagram, so I hope everyone can see this. But is Adam Thielen moving slow? And should we be worried that maybe he's lost a step? 
I mean, again, apologies is a little hard to see, but it's not hard know. to see. I mean, it's 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 hard to say he's moving slow with nobody covering him and, right. and nobody, re- and, and also and no reps, NFL quarterback I mean, throwing to him. This is all hype. I think yeah. this is no, he's not. Like, look, yes, he's not a speedster, guys. It's not like it's like, I mean, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, he's 24 but- years old. It's like, yeah, he's he's a big body receiver, he's not meant to. And like, is does he look like he can't run? No, he looks fine. I will say, you know what the most suspicious part about all of this is, is how hard in the paint he is going about being a Panthers player already. And you're like, wait a second, wait a second. Why are you so interested in getting us to love you before you even played a game? That's the suspicious part to me. Now I'm like, oh god, what's going on here? Maybe he can't run. <laughs> My Chaka says he's jogging. T. Thompson says, "Yeah, he's moving slow. I can lock that up." <laughs> yeah, uh, but again, listen, like I don't know why we're like they're in the off season. You know, it takes a long time to get into football shape. Right. You know, it, it really does. When you have an off season, right. you're not preparing like you are every week. You know, in and out of the practice facility. He is. He is. I mean, he's yeah, known for I'm that. He's saying. known for being in peak shape. But speed, that, ex- that super explosive speed, that's a thing for the young people, right? That really diminishes. I mean, that is a biological component, that explosive athletic thing. That's why running backs, it's not just the reps and the hits. It's that type of body frame slows down as they get older. But and, here's the thing is there have yeah. been a lot of players. My last point on this is a there are a lot of players in the league who have made a living late into their careers by being a savvy veteran with great hands, this type of thing. And there's been a lot of players in the league who have been fast as shit who have done nothing. Yeah. And yeah. also my point is, is Adam Thielen is not meant to be the speedster on our team. Right. The reason why you signed him is for this right here and the lucid proximity in the chat, put this up before I even had the chance to put the graphics up, the the lowest drop percentage in the NFL, he is number three at 1.9%. Okay, all the burners for the Carolina Panthers, that's going to be Terrence Marshall Jr. and DJ Chark. Okay, those are going to be the guys for Carolina that's going to take the top off of a defense. But when you need a dependable guy going across the middle that can run clean routes and always comes down with the football, that's who Adam Thielen is to the Carolina Panthers. So, again, it's knowing what he brings to the table. And I agree he had with you, 12 buddy. touchdowns last year, dude. 12 yeah, touchdowns. Dude, the, He's the, got, the like, more touchdowns in one season than DJ Moore has in his career. Right. Yeah, the dude's a baller. It's all about knowing what he brings to the table. Speed is not what he brings to the table. A, I got to call man out. absolutely catches everything. I got to call out. Go to the next comment. We call out Ryan Murphy. Ryan, it's not true. He said, I'm 38 beer fat. I run that route exactly like that. Look, <laughs> I, let me tell you why that's not true. I got real life experience on this. Uh, when I was 38, I was beer. I was really, I was in the, getting to the worst shape of my life, but I made a commitment over the last two years, maybe 39 to 41. Now I'm arguably in the best shape of my adult life, like physical, but you start to, when you start to feel good about yourself, Physically, when you feel bad, you know, I didn't realize how bad I felt about myself physically until I started to feel better. 
Yep. Not like I was like in the mirror going, oh, I didn't know. I was like, I wasn't like, oh, I don't feel great about myself. But all of a sudden, when you feel, you were like, oh, wow. But I will tell you this you start to feel too good about yourself. So I thought this. I said, man, I was in, I was getting in pretty good shape. And I was like, man, I said, my son, I could beat him in a foot race. And my son was 13 at the time. He said, you thought. Dude, and he uh, and he fucking smoked, smoked me. And like I was pulling up with a hamp, like right out of the gate. Like, and, I, and I was like, I didn't even complete. I was like, but I thought in my head, I was like, nope. You know what I'm nope. saying? It was just. Uh, it I, was wish like, I, I wish I could see a video. I pulled up. I pulled up to hopping. <laughs> oh god! I mean, and he was, and he was just like, and he was like, no, nah, you can't beat me. He's a distance runner. He's not a, he, but he was, but he was an eighth grade at the time. I was like, man, I'm, I'm great. Nope. So you had no business challenging him at all. <laughs> he taught, I learned that It looks like something you can do, but man, when you go out and do it, it's hard. Totally different. Yeah. I, I so badly wish that was on video. That way we could show it to the world. That would be the funniest thing. It right? was stupid. Like, I mean, it was, I didn't even <laughs> run half of the, I said, we're going to run from here to this book. It was probably like uh, 50 yards. <laughs> I got 10 yards into this sucker. And he was like, he's got a lot. He's, he's six foot tall already now. He's taller than me, but he's got gazelle legs. And I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not in fifth grade no more. Nope. Tim Esther said you need to stop skipping leg day is what you need to stop. Oh, we don't do, we don't skip what we do total body. but you're right. You're right. But look, I'm just saying is we think in our head mm-hmm. and it's different in practice and reality. All right. So the final, uh, the final topic that we've got, and then we'll jump into some cat calls. And by the way, I want to give a big thanks to coach P because he's been so uh, supplying some great, uh, you know, pictures and graphics for us. The one that we're using as a background right now, you see C3 Panthers podcast under Greg. He provided that for us. It's a great StreamYard background. But um, uh, uh, about maybe like three or four days ago, I put out a post on Twitter, and it was someone that posted um, uh, CJ Stroud in a mock-up Panthers uniform, uh, a theoretical new uniform. And it was an all-black helmet, and it had the white outline on the helmet around the panther. And I said, this would be perfect if only we were able to get rid of the white outline and it'd just be our logo on a black helmet. So shout-out to Coach P. He actually provided that to us on the left. Uh, This is uh, the panther's helmet. If we had an all-black helmet, with a white outline and without a white outline. And I think I rest my case, y'all. If I'm having to pick which one, I would prefer the pure black panther on the helmet. That way it's only the blue and the white of the logo that ends up popping on the helmet. It's minimalist. Dude, I, I say it like this. It's like a panther stalking you from the bushes at night. And the last thing that you see before he mauls your ass is the moonlight shining down and glistening on him. That's what that left one reminds me of. I love that better. I feel like it's far more minimalist. And it adds uh, some personality and some character to the logo. But I figure, hey, let's let the boys on the podcast and the fans decide. Do you One, do you like this mock-up? And number two, if we do go to an all-black helmet, 
do you feel like there should be a white outline around the panther to kind of define the shape a little bit or none at all? Just let it go. What's say you boys? I like it without the white outline. Personally, I think it's so, uh, that just the white outline makes it look like it's just a damn sticker. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yep. A sticker. Was, That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I want to let me ask you my two. I got more questions than I think it's wild that we've been dying for uniforms, like a uniform change. And then all uh, you put out a cool tweet about this is like, Cody, what was your tweet about it? It was like, be careful. Yeah, I said, maybe, maybe, maybe we shouldn't because there's more ways to get this wrong than there is to get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is that it's funny when everybody is. I almost would say this is no offense to Moss. Well, maybe. When someone says no offense, there but be prepared to be offended. Well, everyone is making these uh these new It doesn't look like now. they did a cool job with putting the sticker on the helmet. It looks like it's like overlapping on the headgear. It's like a little misshaped to too big. Look, it looks like a poor cut to Moss uniforms about like a little janky representation. Are those whiskers on the shoulder pads? Yeah, or either that yeah, or it's, uh, that or it's claw. claws. Yeah. My final question is this is, and I don't know if I would like it. If you went to something like this, is there an alternate Jersey where you, instead of doing the number in white that you do it in silver or gray? Mm. I mean, maybe that could uh, look good. Yeah. Kind of dull like, everything down and let the blue be the pop. Just like we have a bunch of different colors now with our uniforms. I also think that you would be able to do a bunch of different ones. Right. And and yeah, Tony, even though I did say that, yeah, there are more ways to get it wrong. I feel like there are some cool ways to get this right. And I feel like if we had a legit, really good uh, uniform designer that could work on these things and take some of these ideas and implement them, I, I think it would be incredible. Uh, by the way, most of the chat room seems to agree with me. Leave the white outline out of it. Yeah, you, you, no, I agree you, 100. You, you, you still see the panther, and it, it adds personality, man. The fact that our our logo is a little bit hidden. It's not hidden enough to not see it, but it's it, you know to me it adds a little bit of personality, a little bit of oomph, and I just like that, man. I think that would be incredible, especially if we had – uh, the all black helmets, and that actually is. Yeah, I want to. I want to bring this up. Yeah. This question, I think this kind of relates to this. Is I want to get y'all's opinion. I think I got. I wonder if is this that this is uh not the same hat. This is why I like my hat right now is it doesn't have the full panther face. It's just like got yeah, some this, of it uh, that you know and see it. Um, out of these three hats, my f do you guys? I'm thinking about buying this one. Do you guys like the all black one? I think this is kind of fly where you get to wear your Panthers gear yeah, out, like but that. you always don't have to only wear the blue. You know what I'm saying? Like you could wear this right. with anything. I'd wear what that. Do you guys with the think? I like one. this one. Yeah. I don't yeah. like this one. I don't like the white one. Yeah, honestly, I'd, I'd do the black or the white one, to be honest with you. You could wear it with anything. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I like this. I like, black. The, I like, I like the colors so much of our team that I want them to be on display. I like the one in the middle. I like the entirety. Uh, well, of see, our, I've got seventy like the, of those hats, dude. I like already... the entirety of our logo on the black back. Well, send me one. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, I got a lot. Of, I love hats. I buy hats all the time. Uh, you know, yeah, I the, really the thing with the white, though, in the colors, Greg, is that one time I was used to be a skater in high school. 
right? And in the 90s, skaters, we wore big-ass jeans like that. We just destroyed. Yeah, Yeah. Janko jeans, all of this, yeah. yeah. And uh, I had this great pair of black jeans I loved, right? I used to skate in all the time. I mauled these suckers up, and I was, like, trying – I was sewing, sewing them up. And I was going to sew them. I was like, man, I'm going to use orange thread. This will be cool, you know? And uh, my cousin goes, no. And he was older than me. He's like, you got to use navy blue. I was like, navy blue? He said, it looks like you tried to match it, but you didn't have black. Like you were trying, but you like, so you just got close. So you're trying to be subtle with your hipness instead of over the top. Right. (laughs) You know what we used to call rollerbladers in uh, my middle school? What's that? Fruit booters. Fruit booters. People that can't skateboard. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, like, uh, uh, my, my talk says Tony couldn't kick. Flip. No, I couldn't. No, I was, <laughs> I, I was a street skater. I'm ro- I was. As I played hockey, roller hockey, I was like, uh, but I could grind some rails. I could do some. But, man, your bones were not brittle then. Oh, you fell and you didn't break. Bro. When you broke, your, bend, your bones didn't break. They just bent a little. I'm, I'm afraid I can to skate like a mug, dude. I'm afraid to walk downstairs with just out uh, uh, of fear of breaking an ankle, dude. Like I, uh, I, I used to skate as well in high school. I used to be a skateboarder, um, and man, I like the fearlessness you have to have for stuff like that. It is completely what different. Dummies we were. What dude. fucking oh, reta- uh, idiots we were. We just were reckless, man. We just, I, but that's why. But our brains hadn't developed. This is why. They, yeah. This is why you have to be 21 to drink beer, but you only have to be 18 to go into the military because you need idiots that are willing to run at bullets. Mm, true. Your frontal cortex is not developed yet. You're like, oh, I could do this. You know, we used to do. Or our other thing was this is I don't wear pads because I got to be cool. What kind of fuck? What kind of dummy, man? Put them knee pads under your jeans and save your life later on. Yeah, when they bust we, their kneecaps on and curve. We had a big culture of this stuff in our town. The Greenville's a big place, particularly for BMX bikers. Dave Mirror and like five or six of the biggest professional bikers in the world are from Greenville, North Carolina, and the skate park and all that they built. Another guy who committed suicide anyway. Dave so, Mirror, rest yeah. in peace, yeah. In Greenville, in my town. Uh, also wouldn't give me a ride one time when my car broke down at the skate park and oh, I had to walk geez. to a payphone. This is back in the day where we did not have cell phones. All right. What do we got? Uh, is that it? And then we go to the cat calls. Damn. You're old as fuck. Tony Don. No, nah, dude. I had a man. I, ro- I rocked with a, pa- in my highway, we had pagers, bro. That's what we fucked with. Hell if you yeah. were cool, you had a pager. Hell yeah. Had pagers. Yo, bro. Tell me what, uh, tell me what it was like when, uh, when the stock market crashed in the 1920s or something, dude. No, dude. but I can tell you what it was like in 1999 and 2008. Hi, hey. Oh, and, you want to uh, know the crazy? How about here? I'll give you one crazy. I was just old... calling you old as fuck. It's funny, I know. Dude. Here's one crazy because old people story. Baby, so I, like I know. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, one good crazy old people story. There was a panic and a fear in 1999 that computers would not know how to do deal with 2000. Yeah, the Y2K yeah. Club. I remember that. Like, dude, I was 10 years old. I don't everybody even thought the world what, was about to end, dude. Why did you even think all this? Of, all of the Binary code. No, all of the, know, inter- all, all of the internal clocks on computers at that time, they weren't programmed to go to the year 2000. 
So everybody was afraid that once it struck midnight, that all the computer systems around the world would crash, the GPSs would go offline, all this other different different kind of crap, man. But Prince um, telling us to party like it was 1999. <laughs> oh, the 90s. I've read this book. And again, we're chasing squirrels. We're going to cat calls. It's uh, about it's about how you form political beliefs in the world. And they say that a lot of your political beliefs are formed in your most formative years in your teenage years about events. So they, they and it affects your long term voting pattern. They cite people that were born particularly in 19 between 1950 and 1952. They came into po- politics in 1968, which was the wildest kind of year in American history in some ways from Martin Luther King's assassination, Robert, uh, uh, Robert Kennedy's like, it was a wild, and this really shaped them because when you're a teenager is when you're really starting to find these views, it turns out people that are born in 1981 and 1982, we lived in the coolest fucking time. There are zero bad things that happened to us in the nineties. Like it was a cool time. There was like no worries. No fucking worries, man. It was the next generation that had to deal with 9-11. I was in college by that point. Like, the worst thing we had was a president getting a Hummer in the dam. That's the most controversial <laughs> thing. Yeah, the most we lived. Storm, to be fair, but. And also, that, that by the way. Bit before, I though, 91. Say- I was like, I was 11. So I wasn't in my, like, I was between. They were saying this as you form your political beliefs between about 15 and 19. Like not your political beliefs, but those the moments. Yeah, and between my years of like fifteen and nineteen, all we did is fucking party and shit. But I yeah. also feel like yeah, between fifteen and nineteen, you might form them. But like after like thirty five, that's when everybody tends to kind of get more conservative in their right. leanings or sure. whatever. But Winston hey, Churchill look, said this. Yeah. Winston Churchill said, "If you are in your twenties and you're not a liberal, you don't have a soul." If you're in your 30s and you're not a conservative, you don't have a brain. brain. (laughs) I've heard this before. But, hey, this is not a political podcast. We are a Panthers podcast. And you know what we do? We listen to the voices and opinions of those in our cat calls. If you would like to participate, the number is 252-228-5098. By the way, Tony, another underrated aspect of the 1990s. The music, man, the fucking best music in the world, dude. You know it and love it. Let's jump into the cat call. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Sorry, man. Uh, damn, Google just What's made up, me verify my It's JJ. Call him back. And uh, I'm going to shy away from all the draft and the, oh, the quarterbacks and all that today. Marco. I, I want to talk about Brian Burns, really, just because, I mean, like, I'm always going back and forth when I think about him. One day oh, I'm like question. Cody, where it's like he doesn't have the help around him like all these other great pass rushers do. And then the other day I'm like Tony, to where I'm like, no, man. Why are we never sitting here saying we won this football game? Because Brian Burns was the best player on the football field and was just dominant on the defensive side. And we always heard his name every defensive possession. And what really hit me was uh, that Sunday night football game 
this past season between the Giants and Washington with a rookie for the Giants, Kayvon Thibodeau, had like a forced fumble sack in the beginning of the game, returned it for a touchdown. He had a few tackles for losses. Like you heard his name called two to three times every defensive possession. And while he may not have did that every single game for them, he had a game where you can definitively say, not even as Giants fans, everyone who watched that game said he was the best player on the football field and was the reason they won that game. And it feels like we're about to go into year five and Brian Burns as a pass rusher has yet to do that and take over. He's always been consistent and really great, but he hasn't been elite. And sometimes when we're going to pay this guy that elite money, I mean, like, he's probably the fifth best defensive end, not including, like, outside linebackers or pass rushers. But tell me how y'all feel about that and Brian Burns, again, going into the season, whether y'all want to extend him before the season or after. How do y'all feel he's going to perform this season with our new defensive coordinator? What are the stats, all of that? you think he'll be good in coverage? I think he's really good in coverage, honestly. Yeah, Didn't we complain about him, good. though, last year? Didn't we complain about how they used him, like, is that he is your best pass rusher and they were dropping him back into coverage last year? Well, so, I feel like, like that might... was a discussion point under Ron Rivera. I don't know. No, if last, year. last year. I know we did see that a little bit last year, but I, I don't okay. know if it was um, a um, significant portion to where we were criticizing people. So, uh, by the way, M, uh, MDJ365 said his cat call is uh, similar to this. And, no, this this does bring up a good question. And I'll go first here and say that I feel like every side of this argument has a little bit of truth to it. Yeah. So if you fall into the camp where you don't feel like Brian Burns has proved himself to be a top-tier, upper-echelon defensive end, you have evidence to support that fact. Right. Uh, kind of like how JJ just said, and a lot of people feel like he hasn't become that absolutely dominant takeover of football game mm-hmm. or even win you some games type of defensive end. However, I feel like a lot of the opposing arguments are also true. He has not had a lot of help. He has gotten better every single year that he's been on the field. The more and more snaps he gets, the better he gets. He's still a very young player with a tremendous upside. And by the way, a lot of other people have been saying for a long time that Brian Burns is playing out of position as a 4-3 defensive end as opposed to a 3-4 outside linebacker. I wish that we could. But then you better pay him before the season then, before he goes off or something. And So I, I really do wish that we could have gotten to see a little bit of Brian Burns as that pure three, four outside linebacker, but we're not. And more than likely before the start of the NFL season, we're going to be talking about a brand new Brian Burns contract. So up, up here on the, on the screen, uh, I have the highest paid edge defenders in the NFL. And what is a fair number for Brian Burns? If we're going to sign him, Uh, I mean, uh, top five, so over well, you Bradley, know, the problem- Bradley Chubb is at $22 million uh, per year, and he's the number six highest paid in the NFL. So where is Brian Burns going to come in? At? Well, here, here's the thing, though, is it's kind of 
Uh, this is like when you just compare it to current salaries, the problem is, is that salaries inflate every year, you know? So is that, that is, you can't be like, well, he shouldn't be the highest paid or this and that because they signed their contract at a different time. Right. So automatically that's kind of like the quarterback. Going argument. To reset it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't know if he's got to be the highest paid. I think this is to me, Brian Burns is very much like DJ Moore. He is a very, very good player, but not, the most dominant person I've ever seen in my life. Um, and somebody I'd rather have on my team than not have on my team. And this is going to sound like an odd comparison because the player playing style is zero alike for Brian Burns. But I think he kind of means a, a kind of what Charles Johnson meant to us at one point. Mm. And, and not that, that look, they called Charles Johnson big money. That was his nickname, homie. That's got to be the coolest motherfucking nickname in the world because we paid, paid Charles him. Johnson, but we had to. Julius Peppers was moving on. Mm -hmm. um, and he was a very good player. So yeah. it was like this. It's like is that look is Brian Burns. All my argument has been is this is that Burns is not a, the top of the top in the league. Right. Right. Is that is that just like DJ Moore isn't. And I understand they haven't had the best of circumstances. But at the end of the day, if we got the first overall pick and you're picking teams, I feel like you're picking Justin Jefferson over DJ Moore. I feel like, you know, what I mean, it's just like heads up is that they are very good players. Big money. Charles Johnson was a very good player. And I tell you what, he earned every dollar of his contract. And I think if we pay Brian Burns, is this is just going to be one of those things? Is that you're going? He's going to get paid, and we're going to probably quibble about whether it was too much or too little or whatever it was. But he'll probably earn every dollar of it. He's been very available. Availability is a big thing. He's been consistent. Yeah. Sure. And uh, one thing, better is every year. G baby is and his brother. Fighting, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. His brother is not a fan of G Baby. G and by the way, to everybody that follows G Baby on Twitter, I'm a hundred percent to blame for that because I'm like, gee, all you want to do is argue. Why aren't you on Twitter? It's kind of the place <laughs> to be if you want to argue about Panthers all the time. And they uh, don't get to know them, and it's like G Baby Express. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I'm uh, yeah, so I'm I'm kind of responsible. For the monster that is oh, baby on Twitter, but uh, I guess I'll take responsibility for it. But uh, uh, Greg, CK, I want to get you guys in on this conversation. Sure. Um, where, what do you think is a fair ballpark number for Brian Burns when we sign him to a new contract? I mean, I hate to say it, but I think he's still going to reset the market, especially if it's you know I, I don't know did somebody no none of the defensive ends got a big contract this year, right? None of the none of the considered the better ones, right? Well I do think Nick Bosa yeah, because him and Nick Bosa were in the same draft class. And I wonder if this is a situation where Burns and Bosa want the other guy to get Yes, paid first. That's exactly what it is. No, yeah. that is exactly what it is, is that if Nick Bosa gets a big one, that's gonna help Brian Burns. And if Brian Burns gets a big one Oh that's gonna destroy it's gonna fucking yeah catapult yeah. him because look is that you gotta honestly just real across the board who should who would you see who would you pay more nick bosa or brian burns 
Nick Bosa. Sorry, it's Nick Bosa. Yeah. I mean, how about that? Nick Bosa might be the best defensive end in all of football. Is he the 49ers? Yeah. yeah did you hear? The, did you the see the, there's a story floating around? You can find it on Reddit. They have something like $260 million invested in the defensive line. They're the second most. I think it's them and the Eagles pay their defensive linemen like. Yeah, but their defense will kick yeah. their fucking ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like uh, Ron Rivera's fucking hard on. Yeah, and that's that's why they really needed uh, Trey Lance to work out because they uh, they can't afford to pay offensive weapons very very well with uh, the amount of money they're spending on that defense. and. Uh, I, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to maintain keeping Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel over there in that offense when they're paying that defense like that and the amount of money they're about to have to pay uh, to Nick Bosa. I, I was at that 49ers game, and I'm telling you, Nick Bosa looked like a looked like you would draw out a superhero. Like yeah, that, and then he got hurt, you know, and that was actually what helped us, right? Didn't he get hurt in that game, and that's yes, he what did. helped us tremendously? Yeah, he got he got hurt in that game. I don't think it helped us tremendously. We still got our ass well pretty good on that one, but um, yeah, I mean, he he did get hurt. It was him and J.C. Horn both got hurt in that game. Um, but yeah, I just I say that to say like the dude's just his body type is just unbelievable. It's just fake, dude. Like like Cody said, it's a created character. I think we're going to have to pay Burns. This is kind of like big money. Is that like, is that was, did big money deserve the biggest contract at that moment? Probably. I mean, you know what? It's like, but the thing is, is you are what you get paid. And you're going to, and you're going to need Brian Burns. He's an important part of our defense. And we're not ready, especially making some of these aggressive moves. We can't have our defense regress so far. Well, and you still need another defensive end coming out of this yeah. year's draft. But he's arguably the best defensive player on the we team. We said that Tony. We said this last year. Or with, arguably, to me, it's not even arguably, he is the best yeah. defensive player. Say, yeah. um, oh, I thought, then, some people Some people would say. No, listen. This is the fair opinion. To me, is Burns over Chen, but until J.C. Horn overcomes the quote-unquote injury bug, yeah, he's just potential. I, I can't. I can't put Horn. Over Brian Burns, uh, Brian Bitcoin. Burns is probably the the very best player on the entire team, not even just the defense. Like he's that kind of a player. Oh, that's a great question. Good. Uh, yeah, but um, no, but like when it comes to to this discussion, good poll the, right there. The, the, the Panthers made the decision that they were going to pay Brian Burns when they decided to not trade him in the middle of the season last year to the Los Angeles Rams for, for some fu- yeah yeah for some future number one draft picks. So at that point in time, I felt like we should have done this deal last year, guys. I've always been the guy that's get ahead yeah. of this. Look, a lot of people were upset that we signed Cam at one point for the money we did. And at the time, it felt like a lot. We got a good deal on him. And then when the inflation hits, you don't get caught up in it. And the worst time to pay people is when you don't have another choice. Right. So it's better to pay them to when they get the leverage. I think we should have done this deal last year. So, uh, Been ahead yeah, of the I mean, curve. I, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Uh, uh, Vol guys, it's him and Crosby, Max Crosby, are comparable. Um, somebody says Frankie Louvu. I love Frankie Louvu. I don't know if I can call him the best player on our team or even the best player on our defense. Like, 
He's, no, a very, he's a he's fan a, favorite right now. A, yeah, fan he's a favorite. fan favorite, but there's no way that you can say Frankie Lubu is more important right. to the Panthers' defense than Brian Burns. No, um, I think you're right. I think uh, I think it's Brian Burns. I think you're right. I don't. I can't even think. And, and now I'm wondering: Is he the best player on and the everyone, team? He is. I think he might every, be right. Everyone else is too young. Like maybe it came at corner one day, but he, he right. was a rookie last year. Taylor Derek Brown is really good. stepping up. Nah, but I would still put Burns over Derek Brown, wouldn't you? Yeah, I agree. No, yeah. I agree. I think you're yeah, right. Derek, now that yeah. I think about it, I don't know a player. And to be honest, I would probably still put Burns as the best if we still had DJ. Oh, I agree. I, I don't think it's. I don't even know that I would say that's a question. Wow. What about what about what about what about CMC? No, um, I would not say that. But then you would say yeah. that. But but the argument would be: Is this is availability is your best ability? I mean, right. if you if you if, if CMC had stayed on the team, I think it would be hard to argue that he would have been. I think him and Brian Burns would have probably been uh, kind of uh, shoulder to shoulder. Because I mean, last year when healthy, CMC is the best running back in the. But NFL. even last year, that's not even true, dude. Like, I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it is. Not, he was on our team for the majority of the seat for a good portion of the season last year, and he did not perform well. Now I know you can point to other things as being the reason behind that, but the, I'm just I'm my our point whole team was bad. We were fucking no, I'm, right, okay. I mean, like, who is the good either? Who is the best running back? I think he is the best. Like, but that I'm same argument is, is, applies to Brian Burns. Tony. No, I don't think he's the best defensive end in the league. No, I mean, right, but you could say top five, and you know what? I might concede. So you're saying maybe CMC is the best running back in the league? If he's ha- when he's healthy, I think he is the best running back in the NFL. Top. Here's what I'll say in my argument against that is. He had one season of just incredible out, like basically performance. Right? He had a he had a good see. He was a good player last year, but by no means did he outperform a Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is. You know, I agree with that. Is that you know what is that? That's the one person I would say is that is the most underrated running back and arguably the best running back in in the league is Nick Chubb. But I will – I just want to put this out. I didn't want us to draft Christian McCaffrey. Right. I wanted Leonard Fournette. Me too. I thought Leonard Fournette was going to be like Bo Jackson or something. And so what I'm trying to say, I conceded that Christian McCaffrey is a special player. Right. Like I got a lesson taught to me on that. I think it's what I would argue is it's Alvin Kamara and him at this point, you know, and like, but now age is starting to set in for those guys. But I, I don't think that Brian Burns has ever been even in the consideration for the number one defensive end in the league. There's an argument for McCaffrey being the number one. Let me ask you back. this. Do you feel like because you have not seen him become the number one defensive end in the league that, he isn't capable of becoming that one day. Man, he's been in the league for a minute, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think he's going to be a very, very good player. I don't know if, I mean, you know what? It would be awesome. If he, gets, if he gets 16 sacks next year, then we, you know what? I'll be saying he's the best fucking d- defensive end. Because, you know, Miles Garrett was just a very good player until he had that. giant year what like 18 sacks or whatever it was is it's all about performance (laughs) and opportunity and until then it's excuses and potential it's bitcoin it's speculation until it pays and 
look is i think look i think nine sacks 10 sacks consistently across three or four years on a defense that struggled is a good accomplishment a very good accomplishment i'd rather have him on my team than not and i think you got to pay him look brian burns is the guy that reminds me of i think that in any given year he could be the best defensive player that year i don't think he's going to perennial be a perennial top three player in the NFL. I think that he'll be a very good player for his entire career. He has the potential to maybe one, maybe two years, be the best defensive player in the league. Has the potential. Is not that guy yet. Right. But can get there. Uh, But I don't believe that he's going to go down as a guy that everybody remembers, no matter what team you pulled for, you knew who Brian Burns was. I want to address this as Quibble Gabble says this is – he says, you got to be kidding me talking so shitty about Burns. I don't, th- this is, I think, is kind of problematic in the way we discourse today. It's like if you, we have to either be all or nothing. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm trying There's to be no very complimentary. I try to be, I'm trying to be very complimentary of him. I want to pay him. I think it's going to, whether I, I, and you know what? Who's the very guy on this podcast that gets most upset with the draft heads because they're like, oh, I would have drafted him at 18, but not at seven. Right. Like that shit bothers me. So, you know what? He's going to get paid based on a number of factors. His play is part of it. The market, what's going on for the team, all of these. I'm just saying, I've seen Julius Peppers, bro. White Chocolate says his stats are the same as Peppers and Peppers years in the league. That's the fucking lie, biggest lie in the history of the world. I think they are comparable no, numbers. No, they're not. They are not comparable at all. No, are you saying close. that because you don't want to believe it? Or no, I you promise you. Do the math. Do it. He had okay. twelve sacks. He had twelve sacks in his rookie year. Only played twelve games. Okay. I mean, twelve I, sacks I, rookie year. Twelve I games. I, I want to say this, and I'll be very short. And I'll pass the mic to CK or whoever. I'm I'm choosing to be an optimist. So just like I said, Terrace Marshall Jr., in my opinion, has the capability of being a number one wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. I have no reason to believe that Brian Burns will not continue on the same trend that we have seen him down the past few years. At only 24 years old, people really they underestimate the athleticism of a Brian Burns. So even though he might not have necessarily proved his worth to every single Panther fan, I'm a big believer that this year, 2023, is going to by far be the best year for Brian Spider Burns. And isn't this a cool part about this is that the difference between nine and 10 sacks and 13 and 15 sacks is leap years. Yeah. Right? Because like you come and really it does. Tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, and the other thing is this, is 16 sacks like uh, Hassan Reddick had on a team that makes the NFC champ- well, the playoff, I mean, the Super Bowl, is different than 16 sacks on a team that finishes five and whatever. So, like, there are other factors that are, it's not only set stats. It's kind of like this. Do you remember Blake Bortles was the best fucking fantasy quarterback in the world because he had a bazillion passing yards in the fourth quarter every, but he wasn't the best player. I think Brian Burns can be better. I just, uh, and and you know what? I hope he's on our team. And I said, we should have paid him last year. 
We're going to have to pay him this year. And you better not wait till next year because you're really going to have your ass against the wall. Let's so, go to the next. Co- yeah, but, well, hold on. Gibble oh, yeah. Gabble let's get the other in. people. Well, Gable Gabble comes in with uh, uh, backing up White Chocolate's point. He says Peppers, uh, 40 and a half sacks. Burns, 37 and a half through four years. So, Look at the games. Those- Look at the game started, dude. We have, we first of all, we played seven. He didn't get 10 sacks until we went to a 17 game season. Let's look at that, number one. But let's look at number two is the games played. 12 sacks in 12 games is different than 12 sacks in 16 games. It's just different. He missed four games because of a suspension to start his rookie year and then came out and was the best defensive end in the league. So, yes, is that our – but if you are really – in your right mind, if you – what a fucking travesty it is to compare a future – JD says impact isn't comparable, stats maybe. Yeah, so, again, there is some nuance to this. They played more – they're playing more games now. You guys didn't watch this, dude. didn't didn't play – you know, early in his career, there, there's some points guaranteed these bitches. No, if I didn't mean bitches like that, I didn't mean to say it like that, but like, if <laughs> you were, did you see Peppers play? It's like being like, oh, Randy Moss was kind of good, but we got comparable <laughs> numbers. No, these mugs are a different level. Good, different right, let's do some, level. Let's do some more cat calls. Yeah, hey, C3, this is Alex Taylor. What's up, um, Al? I just watched that Bryce Young breakdown, and I'm not seeing it. I don't like the way that his foot keeps coming up when he's throwing the ball. I said that. He's a jump throw. Cody said it. I'm like, damn, Cody's still in my – because I wrote it in chat. I'm like, damn, Cody's still in my shirt. But then it was fucking recorded like two weeks ago. <laughs> <So> <laughs> good shit on that one, Cody. But his back foot coming up, that's Appreciate not you, good. Brother. And then the scrambling in the pocket and the hits he's taking, that, he ain't going to last. He's not going to last in the NFL like that. And his throws didn't seem like they weren't really that accurate to me. I mean, he had a couple good throws, but only couple only good throws he had were like quick quick slants and quick outs or whatever you want to call it. But I don't really see it in him. I mean, I would take AR over him. Wow. And CJ, of course, I would take first, but. He didn't really look that epic to me, too small. And the back foot thing, that has to get fixed. But uh, thanks guys for taking my call. I'll be listening uh, probably after you record this. So, all right. After you record the show. So, all right, guys. Have a good one. Appreciate you, Al. Uh, I mean, listen, it, it, Bryce Young is not going to be everybody's cup of tea. It's like straight up. The dude is small. Um, I, I feel like he had some more big time throws in that film than uh then my man Al gave him credit for. Um I don't think that he has a bigger arm than just about anyone in this draft. And that's not even to say that Bryce has a bad arm or he doesn't have good arm talent. Uh, I've said I think Matt Corral has a bigger arm just if we're talking about drive of the football than Bryce. Now again that doesn't mean better player, but you know it's something to to consider. And uh, we yeah, don't I know also who's going to be the better player. That's the thing is that you don't, you never can know who will be the better player. Um, it's just this is that 
I don't know. No, you know what? Is that first of all, I'm going to be happy with either of these people. Like, man, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be happy that we confidently pick somebody. Sorry. So I don't really care. I'm not going to go freak out and say this was a bad pick because he's small. Right. Um, I've heard people say, though, when you talk about quarterbacks, which you they're all really good at all this stuff. And you're really looking for people who are exceptional at some things. That's one argument. But at the same time, being exceptional, but not being great at any you know, good is also happened to a lot of people. I think that Bryce Young, I hope if he comes to the Panthers, that he is super successful. I do. I'm a little bit. And you know what is that his mental toughness or confidence and all of that is impressive. Like I saw somebody put up a clip of him and that LS, I think it was LSU or whatever. They were like, I had to go 95 yards in a minute and 30. And he was just like smiling. No, that was And awkward. somebody called him a, yeah. And they said, this, this psychopath over here is smiling. Like he's like, I, I got, you know what? That actually is a trait that is in Pat Mahomes. That's in Josh Allen. These guys, we've it was changed in Cam the, Newton. Remember 2015 after that Giants game where Cam Newton after happened. they nah, after I don't after know if it was the same with Cam. And, and I like, love, yeah, I got I it. I love, yeah, I love Cam more than anything. But I, I, I look, is you remember when Cam would pray before the game? He would lick his lips. Yeah, yeah. And they, and I always said we should have run the ball on first. And Joey Riolano was the one that said this. Just run the ball with Cam on the first right. play. I don't care if you get no yards. Just get some dirt on his jersey, and then he loosens up. He was his own critic in those. You know, it's like he brought even more pressure. What I'm saying is this. We used to think if you got up a touchdown and you had only a minute and it was under two minutes, game's a wrap. You go and play Patrick Mahomes and you got more than 40 seconds and this motherfucker is going to fucking toast you. Tom Brady. It is an intangible quality, and that is an impressive, impressive thing. It's just, do you bet and bet on that? I don't know. I don't know. I think CJ Stroud is the guy that go with. That's who I think in my heart of hearts. That's who they're going to go right. with. I'm going to root for Bryce Young. I'm going to root for CJ Stroud. I'm not going to root against him. And if Bryce Young becomes a Carolina Panther, we are going to be as someone who's five nine and three quarters. I'm fucking all in. <laughs> yeah, we love the little guy all of a sudden. Uh, I mean, dude, I'll also say this. I think whoever the Panthers draft is going to go to the far better situation. I think yeah. that the Panthers I, that's are That's what much, I think, too. Yeah, the Panthers are oh, much I met a bet they're, with they're better. They're better. They're better built to have more success coming out of the gate than whoever ends up being drafted by the Houston Texans. And, and you guys got to remind me of this. I made a bet with Monty, and I don't get involved in y'all's talk as much because i get angry i get mad so you know sometimes i get like because i I don't think anybody gives me any credit about knowing football sometimes and i don't know football i just like my team and uh, and i have the eye test football fan yeah but uh my bet to him was this i said i bet you five dollars cj stroud is the pick and it's not bryce young and he didn't want to do that he was like i bet you ten dollars that bryce young it has the better career or the better rookie season, the rookie season. I said, no, I will bet you $5 that CJ Stroud's the pick and $5, a separate bet that he has the best rookie season. 
because if CJ Stroud is the Panthers pick, I think he has the best rookie year. Yeah. yeah. If Bryce Young is the Panthers pick, I think he has the best rookie year. But I don't necessarily think that either one of these guys going into Houston is going to be better situated for success. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I said they've got to be two separate bets because I think it's going to be Stroud. But I also think if Bryce Young came to the Panthers, he will have a better year than CJ Stroud would have with the Texans. Yeah. No doubt. Um, but anyway, these guys, people, these guys, these guys, as in Long, I was in Long Island for six days. Oh, speaking of hockey there. Um, and not hockey, we're not going to go off on a tangent. What's really interesting is that college sports are a non-discussion in New York. You know, like, like, not interested. Oh, dude, I know. My brother lives in Connecticut, and, you know, he's, he's from down south. And he's like, dude, up there, especially like college football, dude, there is hey, – like, there, there, there's no. No Yeah, there's no one good up there that they give a damn about. No, like, and, and almost to the point where they don't even really ca care about college. College is just a quick way to get an advancement, but there's so many opportunities. It's a really different thing. Like they, I was telling what I do for a living. Well, you know, with the town I live, you know, I mean, we're catching up with people and it's just like, not there. They are, they're Ranger fans. A lot of them jet fans, but they're pro sports people in the North. Let's go to the next call. What up? Everybody, it's been a minute. I miss Nick, you, boys. What's up, dude? I haven't been on the Friday free for all in a hot minute. You know, I haven't been able to talk to you guys. Hope you guys are all doing well, man. You know, it's been a minute. Um, but hey, look, it's Monday. Cam got signed by the Lions, and let's hope to God that Jared Goff can stay fucking healthy throughout the entire year because we play the Lions this year. That's not real, is In it? In their home stadium. Bro, I haven't heard that. That's Cam, news to me. And we face fucking Cam. And, like, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to feel about that, man. It's already bad enough that I had to deal with him when he, when all the New England fans were like, oh, we hate Cam. Let's go back to Brady. Oh, I wanted to just truck myself out the, out an open door on the highway doing 70 whenever I would hear that crap. Um, I mean, I'm happy for Cam. I really am. I hope that he gets a chance to at least start a game or two. And I hope that he looks competent. You know, I really do. You know, Nick, I you might have been the victim of an April Fool's joke. Same thing goes for, thing goes for Sam those. Darnold. Same thing goes for CMC. I want them all to, I want them all to be happy and successful. Okay. But except when they play us, I hope that they get absolutely nothing. So, <laughs> so, I also haven't chimed in since the end of the season. And like you guys know, um, I was pretty adamant on Steve Wolves. And at the uh, end of the day, yeah. he literally got the best, the best that he could have ever got. Oh. Him being the head coach in Carolina, while it would have been great. Okay. I would have absolutely loved to see it happen. Okay. His, his floor in San Francisco is almost what – I'm not going to say what the ceiling would be here, okay? Mm -hmm. But he has basically set himself up to get a, a head coaching job next year or the year oh, yeah. after, if he even wants to do that. 
he could want to stay in San Fran and just be the DC because let's face it, they're stacked right now. Who wouldn't want to be a coach on that coaching staff? So oh, yeah, I'm happy no, for Wilkes. I'm happy for Donald too because I mean he, he's going to San Fran. He's going to be with Christian McCaffrey. Those two are bros. And you know San Fran, they aren't they aren't a slouch. So I'm happy for all of our old guys. Yeah. But last season, man, last season was special. Just how it ended. And then every move that we've made this offseason has basically carried that magic from last season. Uh, he might have got cut off. Oh, yeah, he did. So, he did. He did. Uh, one, yeah, Nick. Oh, wait, here, there's 50 here. Let's just play the little last bit of his call. It cut me off. I don't know where it cut me off. But uh, three minutes. I just want to say, guys, you guys keep pounding. I can't wait to see what it, what this season brings. If we don't go CJ Shroud, I'm gonna lose my shit. If Bryce Young or AR15 are there at nine, I am also going to lose my shit because that would just mean that we traded up for almost no reason. No, that's not Cody. true. Fight me. Okay, no, Bryce Young. Yes, AR. And by the way, Cody, I haven't been ignoring you, just, bro. I just. You know how life gets. So it's all love, brother. All it's you all guys good. are doing well. CK, can't wait to see the little baby when it's whenever she finally gets here. And uh, Greg, keep up the conspiracy theories, man. Just always. Just keep them up. And Tony, <laughs> always. Well, Tony, you you know the deal. Keep your head up, bro. My man, Nick. So talk to you guys soon. Keep them. Nick, love you, buddy. Thank you for this the call, family. man. Yeah, this is so, family. Yeah, of course, dude. He's been to my house, man. Dude, he's he's incredible. Um, so. Yeah, uh, sorry to inform you, Nick. You did fall victim to an April Fool's Day prank. Cam Newton has not signed with the Lions mm. or whatever team he said he signed with. Uh, sorry, bro. Dude, those April Fool's articles, they, they're you a can't big can't look thing. at the internet on uh, April 1st. So I've been dumb. doing this this game for a minute. Somebody texted me that story. A guy who does he likes the Panthers, yeah. but it's not like – and I, I was like, I don't want to be rude. But I don't look at the internet today. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're smart. <laughs> that's wise. That's wisdom right there. That's that. And it's the worst when you forget it's April f- Fools. You just wake up and you're just your routine is to just check. If I'm that's Panthers, how you get. Yeah. If I'm the Panthers, I put out the Panthers will plan on selecting Anthony Richardson number one in the draft, <laughs> and then just what? let it sit there. Let me ask no, you no, guys. No, 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 no. You're gonna say Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Oh, uh, see, no, that's no, too. That, that's that too quick. Too, that's too much. Right, yeah. I want to ask your opinion on this. Is one of the best stories when we used to do the writing on CarolinaCatChronicles.com heavy. Like that's how this, po- you know, the podcasts weren't a thing in 2013. You know, it's like so we we leaned into the podcast because we knew that was our lane. But at one point, we we're really working hard on that website, and one of the best stories in the history of our website was ken die wrote this one and i think it was panthers trade cam newton and it was an april fool's joke uh my friend who is big into the chat gbt stuff yes he said he said look he sent me a message he he did a he said get it write an april fool's one and i didn't do it I didn't want to do i don't like i mean i say it, i like i think they're funny so i'm not hating on people that should I have done it for exposure or 
I just it's just like you know what is this is the one thing is if it's like let the other. But people then you run the world. chance of you then you run the chance of people remembering you for duping them, <laughs> and whenever they see Karen Chronicles, like nah, fuck that website, dude. Right. Nah, they 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 duped just my ass not though. I fall. I think it's because I've fallen for it before. Yeah. You know, I think it's because I've truly fallen for it that I'm like, I don't like this shit no more. Not like, I mean, it's not a dislike. I'm not trying to shit on people who do. Did I make the right decision, chat, in not putting up an April Fool's post yes. on the website? Yes, you did. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, anything else? Can we go to the next call? Yeah, do it. Good. Podcast brothers, how y'all doing? Jika Varcia. Hey man, you know that I love, I like CJ Strout being the number one pick, but I'm gonna be honest with y'all gentlemen tonight, y'all. I got a feeling we're gonna take Bryce Young. I really, really, really do. Something is telling me we're gonna take him with the number one pick. And I know that the fan base, some of us are gonna be pissed off and mad and everything like that. To see my opinion, either or we're gonna be okay. But I really, I really see the Panthers drafting Bryce Young with the number one pick. I mean, I looked at that dude's highlights, man. That dude is a fucking magician behind that damn line, man. And I know a lot of people saying, you know, we get his, we get his balls batted down and everything like that. But people realize them offensive linemen in Alabama, they weren't five foot seven, five foot eight. Some big ass boys. All them dudes are like six five, six six. Mm-hmm. Big ass offensive linemen, six three or whatever, you know. And just to end, and just to end it like this, people complain about his height because I was one of them. I'm gonna I'm be truthful about that. Steve Smith was short too. Y'all remember Steve Smith, the greatest fucking Panthers wide receiver of all time. Third I don't round care what pick. nobody says. I'm six foot. Okay, I am six foot even. I'm talking to Steve Smith. And Bryce Young, they say he's like five foot ten. Y'all know Russell Wilson was five eleven. Every now and then they say he's six foot, he's five eleven. Russell Wilson was one inch taller than Bryce Young. So everybody right. need to calm down. Uh, and I'm really getting sick and tired of talking about this every day. But hey, we're Panthers fans. You know what I'm saying? Look, I am I am Understanding where people are coming from to a certain extent with this whole defending the defense, the the height thing, but I am getting so sick and tired of everybody pulling out these anomalies, the Russell Wilsons and the Drew, and the Drew Brees. Why don't we and show none the of stats? Those were drafted number one overall, by the exactly. way. Exactly. Why don't we show the stats of everybody else that was under this height that succeeded the NFL? Well, We're because only, they don't actually exist. These exactly, people are really that's what I'm aren't They're only there. pulling out the big stats, the big names, that act, the anomalies that worked. And look, I'm telling y'all, I'm I I get it. If Bryce Young gets drafted, I'm okay. I'm gonna pull for him and buy the jersey. He's I'm gonna be guy. happy right He's away. I'm gonna be happy. Okay. I'm just saying I can teach CJ or uh, CJ Stroud to read the field better. I can't teach Bryce Young to be taller. And Bryce Young is three inches shorter Can't teach than, Drew, speed, than Drew Brees was. Say. Just saying, three inches shorter than Drew Brees. Well, somebody said two. Yeah, it was me. Somebody Drew said Bre- two, two inches. Five eight. Hey, an extra inch or two matters. Oh, he's boy, five huh? ten. It's five ten and six foot. I think he's a five ten and six foot. Uh, he's well, he's a little bit taller than we expected him to be, Bryce. But either right. way, is um, 
I, I, no one here is saying that Bryce Young isn't worthy of being the pick. And if it would right. be a bad move, it's just clearly that is the Cody has said this for months now is that there's something with each one of these quarterbacks with Anthony Richardson. It's the lack of experience in the accuracy with the Levis. It's the inability to be good. (laughs) uh, Good description. uh, Good description. With, uh, you know, it's like somebody has some sort of flaw that you're going to latch onto. That does not mean it's going to prevent them from having success. It's just, it's something you have to consider in the process but these uh, let's remind too that Russell Wilson was a third round pick, right? As Tom Brady was a sixth round pick, is these guys exceeded their station, and that doesn't mean that. It, and if you would have picked them at one and they had that same that same career, then God bless them. My, I want to make this comparison, and I'll ask you, Cody, because you're the draft guy, or it's not okay. a comparison, a question. Okay. A lot of people talk about Kyler Murray and Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Kyler Murray is necessarily something that tells me that Bryce Young like is evidence that Bryce Young should will succeed. I'm almost to the point that I feel like Kyler Murray is living on reputation of his rookie season alone. Is Kyler yeah. Murray really that good? Well, I mean, I'm not a big believer in Kyler Murray as a football player, but I also don't like the comparison between Kyler Murray and Bryce Young because okay. they have entirely they have entirely different skill sets. Uh, Kyler Murray might be the fastest quarterback in the NFL, like between him no and Lamar way. Jackson. Really? Yeah, but dude, but dude, is he watch that his, quick? Yeah, dude, wow. he he did he didn't run a forty, but he probably runs like a low four three. I mean, the the dude is a is a burner, and he was in college. He could run away from you. And by the way, that was the point that Peter King was making in his article earlier. That you know, you might hear Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, but he's not as built as Russell Wilson, and he's not as fast as a Kyler Murray. So when you factor that into the situation, it does kind of scare you that size even more. But Bryce is also better able to do things than either of those other quarterbacks were. You know, they're they're very good under pressure in college. They always keep their eyes downfield. I feel like a lot of times Kyler Murray is looking to run first and throw second. Whereas Bryce Bryce is a pure definition of a pocket passer. And I, I saw somebody say in the chat earlier that they don't like the Drew Brees comparisons. I don't like them because they give them to every short quarterback. Right. Just because they're short quarterbacks. But if I'm being honest, and I, I believe I've said this before, Bryce Young to me is the only one that actually earns a Drew Brees comparison because right. of what they do well and because of the arm talent, because of things like that. To me, those are a lot more uh, in the wheelhouse of a Drew Brees and his intelligence. That is yeah, a, it's off the charts. Like that's yeah, really what you're paying for. Way, you're paying for saying, him being Peyton Manning. They're also saying that Bryce Young might be the smartest overall player in this entire draft class. Right, right. That's what like, you're that's paying for. That's what you're paying for. And that's a real skill to have. My I guess what I and I, I don't want to I'm shouldn't even say it when it comes to the Kyler Murray thing is I'm not trying to use it as a negative. Uh, comparison. What I'm saying is, I don't know if comparing him to Kyler Murray is a compliment. 
Right, I hear you. It's, you know, it's like I'm also, trying to say Kyler Murray. I'm a, I got questions about right. him right now. A lot I got of real questions do. about yeah. – I mean, sure, I would – Love to have a quarterback that we could build around. And I would say this is that if he was on the Panthers, I'd be a all in. But I don't think he's proven himself to be a great quarterback yet. And I'll even go a step further. A lot of people are also comparing him to Tua Tagovailoa. And, and again, a lot of it is just because they're short quarterbacks. They're comparing them to other short quarterbacks. And, uh, and I'm not again, I'm not saying that this is true for Bryce, but everybody that looks at Tua Tagovailoa's numbers in college right. – and they're like, oh, dude, this guy is the guy. Everybody thought that Tua was a way better bet than Justin Herbert as a quarterback. Or, or, or I was all that, for or, tank for Tua. You know what? Also, I still would have been happy if we got Tua. I'd still be another, happy. Right another, I wouldn't, another good comparison is Baker Mayfield going number one overall. And he won a Heisman, had all these stats. and That's these numbers. ill skills, remember? Right, but also Josh Allen – Went in that same draft, played at Wyoming on nobody's school, had an abysmal completion percentage. And, dude, I don't care what anyone says. There, there is not a general manager alive that would draft to attack by lower over either Josh Allen or Justin Herbert. So just because a quarterback is better in college doesn't necessarily mean that they're the better long-term NFL prospect. Right. Nobody thought that Baker Mayfield should have gone one that year, though. I mean, he had the nobody thought that that would no. When when the Browns made that selection, it was seen as a reach. It yeah. was an analytics thing. They were trying to. It was outside the box. They thought so that's it not be even Sam Donald. Yeah, uh, which he's gonna have his best year with. Uh, he's gonna I be agree. starting. Yeah, fans are not can ready I, for the or for the Sam Donald redemption arc. That's yeah, going to happen. Go ahead, Greg. Can I be honest with these things? Is like I'm not going to lie. Like nobody, nobody was talking about Patrick Mahomes being this guy. Nobody yeah. was talking about Justin Herbert. Okay, so everybody talks about. Well, we saw Justin well, Herbert. Cody coming. was. We saw Cody Patrick Mahomes coming. No, you didn't. Yeah, you saw a little bit. Of, no, you didn't. You saw he a little bit of he talent. Was the best quarterback that you draft. saw a little bit of talent and a guy that could be good. And he happened to turn out to be great. And maybe Cody did say he was the best quarterback in the draft. I don't know. He did. I'm just saying all these professionals who were out there talking about, oh, we saw this coming. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Or these guys would have gone number one and number two. Okay. Well, that's the I, thing I is those are it. also, we all love those stories because they were picked and they weren't number one and number two and they turned out right. to be great. Like that's the thing. When you make comparisons to Russell Wilson, the fact that it's not that Russell Wilson has ever been the best quarterback in the league. He's just outplayed his value every time until now, right? And so that's the thing is that when – and this is the point when it comes to – and I love – I'm going to pat myself on my back for this take right here. This is my take. The number one pick is either a, a, a superstar or a bust. Yeah, There's no in-between. There is no in-between. If you're the number one pick and you're just a very good quarterback like Jared Goff, it's a bust. Yeah. Next call. Yeah, if you're, if you're picking number one, yeah. Yeah, what? I mean, like, there's the expectation for the number one is different for a 13. Yeah, you get yeah, a good yeah. quarterback at 13, and he goes and has an eight. Kirk Cousins is the, is like the, it's like the Kirk Cousins RG3 thing. Two, yeah. it like, it's like it's a bust or not. But you could be a pretty good player in the league and be drafted at 25 
and you're seen as a success. You're a pretty good player and you're drafted at number one. You're seen as a bust. Here's Anthony in Charlotte. What's up, C3? It's Anthony from Charlotte. What's up, Just Anthony? wanted to call in. Literally nothing to say other than 24 day or 23 days left until this bullshit conversation is over. It's not bullshit. Yeah, that's, that's literally all oh, I have to God. say. Um, oh, yeah, and we signed a linebacker today. Uh, I, I don't know his name. I forget. It's like Grushin Hill or something, but he had 108 tackles Not with even the Texans close. in 2021. So hopefully he can be more than a special teams player for us. Really hope so. Glad we signed a linebacker. Still need to address the edge position. But yeah, that's all I got to say. Anthony from Charlotte, you got you boys already know the motherfucking vibes. Keep pounding in 23 days until we can stop arguing about Bryce Young and CJ Shroud. This shit is annoying. Keep pounding. <laughs> Keep pounding. And by the why way, is uh, it bullshit though? What other so, conversation no, I, is to be why. had? I'll tell you why. First, Gibble Gabble, the number is, uh, I put it up on the, on the stream if you would like to leave a message for us. And um, so, uh, some of you probably know this by now. I have a Friday free-for-all chat. So that way, whenever I make the links and stuff, I can post it to everybody at the same time, right? But that discussion chat room is constant. I'm talking constant. It's like the Panthers fight. creator chat but, where it's just like, a, dude, between, what do you guys do? Do you work? Dude, Anthony, uh, Sports Nut is in there. Uh, our guy Season, <laughs> Panther Pickle, White Chocolate, Jay Stubbs. Everybody's in this chat room, and everybody's just sits and fights all day. Uh, JJ, who's a big, you know, he's an Ohio State fan, and he's a big time CJ Stroud fan. So everybody's in there just fighting all the time. And yeah, when you're doing nothing but fighting, yeah, it does get a little bit tiresome when you're doing it over and over. But what I will say is this, man, we're never gonna get this time back. Enjoy it as much as you hate it right now. Dude, enjoy the fact that the Panthers are picking number one and that there is a debate between that, right. that, that, that there's even a debate to be had between these two incredible prospects. It's either the I've, best pick or the or a bust, though. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Uh, you know, if you get a quarterback, if you get Bryce Young, I like him both. and he's a good quarterback, but not the uh, become the elite yeah. quarterback. It's going to end up being a bust. Same yeah, for CJ Stroud. And the, you had the number one pick. And by the way, David Tepper gave the number one pick. So that way he's going to know what kind of evaluators he has. If they end up messing this entire thing up, then, hey, he literally gave his front office and his coaching staff the pick of the litter. Whichever one they want love it. of all the quarterbacks. We need this shit to hit, folks. I'm telling you, it's tough for a podcast and a team to grow when they're just okay yeah. or a little bit below average. We need to either be relevant at number one pick, like this is going to give us a lot of talk, but we need this. We need, man, this pie. Imagine how this podcast, we built a, a big foundation. We are, you know, when I hear Scott Fitter and them all talk about, like, you build this team and then you're ready to drop the quarterback in and go to, that's how I feel this podcast is. We've built the foundation we just need the hype for the Panthers to swell. And this, and we got to hit this. We hit this pick, and he comes out fucking out of the gate and is really good. This podcast over the moon next year. 
over the moon anyway. Thanks for being a part of it. Let's go to the next call. Good evening, gentlemen. How y'all doing? It's Nick out here from Seattle. Hey, Hope everybody's Nick. having a wonderful day and ready to keep going. Tony, I got a bone to pick with you, Tony. Uh-oh. A couple weeks back, I called on a Monday evening oh, trying to get in for the cat calls early because I was so excited about yeah. getting the number one pick. And then you get to the end of the calls, you say, I'm not playing a call for Monday. That was my call you passed. Damn. I got a bone with you, oh. Tony. But no, it's all love. Uh, I'm just yeah, excited for the Panthers potentially changing the franchise coming here soon. We got the number one pick. We got a great coaching staff. Now the question is, who are we going to get? I think we should get C.J. Stroud personally, just because the question is always, if Bryce Young were C.J. Stroud's height, there would be no debate. I like C.J. Stroud. Don't get me wrong. Bryce Young's going to have a great career. Yeah. And I think C.J.'s the guy. I'm excited to see what we do. Who's going to be the next edge rusher? That's the big question I want to ask you, boys. Who's the edge rusher we're going to get in this draft? Mm. As always, keep pounding. Stay healthy, brother. Thank keep you for the pounding. Call. Great call. Great call. Um, so this is something that you hear Bryce Young fans say a lot, that if Bryce was 6'3", 220 pounds, he would be the hands-down best quarterback That's in the That's the fucking draft. point. Yeah, but by the way, y'all know what I say about ifs. You know, if my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle. So, you know, and and again, I don't even mind the size of Bryce. Like, at this point, I honestly don't care. I mean, you do a little bit. It's not not an asset. But it doesn't. It's not an asset, though. It's not an asset. Right, it's not an asset, but it doesn't doesn't bother me because, I've and I've said this before, I feel like the Panthers have – an adequate enough offensive line to be able to keep Bryce protected. This and is another, the most, this is the dude, most delusional fucking dude, character fan right now ever to say that you got a good, we don't know about good offensive lines, homie. No, dude, we had yeah. a little, look, it's like, no, you're like dude, a we're on the fan. up and up. No, I do on the up fan. and up. Jets no, fan, get look, that wet blanket shit out of here, dude. This no, offensive the Jets line are like this. They had a decent year with some talent. They had a good draft last year. They're like, if we just get Aaron Rodgers, we're winning the Super Bowl. This is us. We had a top, we had a mid-tier offensive line, and we feel like we're fucking no, to- dude, no, I, dude, I'll fight you right now. I'll punch you in your dumb face. This uh, offensive line is on the up and up. We were balling out at the end of last season. We broke some all-time single-game rushing records for the Panthers. Dude, that's something. Some we, have not had, bad we, have, we have not had an offensive line like this in Carolina forever. So with that said, dude, Bryce Young fans, especially on Twitter, I'm sorry. Y'all are fucking psycho, dude. Y'all are, are psycho. Today, I went and I put out a post that, hey, the upside – to the Panthers drafting Bryce Young number one is that it puts the onus on the Carolina Panthers to always guarantee that they have a top shelf offensive line. Always. You think David Tepper doesn't know how to protect future assets? Like that's he's a billionaire. That's what they do. And then everybody took that and, and said, Oh, you think CJ Stroud doesn't need the same protection? Even when I'm trying to be nice and say, hey, this is the benefit of drafting an undersized quarterback. Everybody wants to get all pissy and moan. Benefit? And yeah, because oh, if, you have a five, dude, if you have a 5, 10 and a half quarterback, your, your front office has to make sure 
that you have a damn good offensive line in order to be protecting him and protecting that future investment. You're damn right about it. And I'll double well, down. There is some truth to that. Right you know I'm what I tell you? That, right about it. Um, I, I I firmly believe that the Panthers fucking cheaped out on the offensive line and didn't invest in any of that because they had Cam who could make do. Like he right. could, now he could and it, was, it was taking advantage of a situation. And that's why you also uh, didn't ever get him any receivers or anything. You were like, we got Cam, let's put it all. And you know what? We had a coach too that wanted to do that. We had a coach that was a defensive guy that wanted yeah. to play a game like that. And so we got Cam on that side and then let's get a great defense and Cam will win for us. But we saw what Cam and look, and you guys know I'm a Cam sexual just go back and watch the New England game where he like remember those there's, there's a couple of clips that are out there where he breaks like like it's like this play was broken before it even started and Cam runs around like a crazy person and then turns it to like 30 yard gain there was that one time against the Atlanta Falcons where he drug the whole fucking team like 6 yards to get a first down on like four like we and we took Cam for – that was always my argument with Cam for Cam yeah. and my defense with him is the people who were so critical of Cam, what I was just trying to say to him is this, is Cam's not perfect as a thrower, as is this – you know what I'm saying? But you – man, I want him on my – we're better with him. Like they take – you take right. for granted. It's like when you're married or we got a girl – like is this, is you're like, oh, they do this, they do that. Well, you know what? Go be single and see what the fuck is out there. Yeah, man, the, the the grass is not always greener on the other side. Anthony Piccarello with the 199 love bomb says, Lakers won, Greg, let's go. All right, let's go to the next call. This was, oh, I love this call. I can see some of the transcripts already. You were muted, by the way, Greg. But, yeah, go ahead, Tony. G-Free Panthers podcast. Congratulations, five. 1,300 subscribers. You had 400 people hey. live watching. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and you guys are just nailing it, too. And I think one Appreciate of the terms you, of your podcast, you guys are regular guys. You're regular working people. You're not like some of these commentators who are former, you know, players or coaches who often who don't appreciate how hard it is to make it in the real world. Many of them have had a gift when they were young, so they've had a paved road and had easy lives, except for the physical demands of football. Well, anyway, I'm curious to know, and your fans are curious to know, what do you guys do for your day job? I know for Tony that you're a professor of history, I think, or something like that, too. So Tony, Cody, CK, and Bat Daddy, tell me, what do you guys do for a living? Wow. Thank you. Keep up the great work. And I look forward to the next season. Bye-bye. Man, thank you for the call. Um, you know, I appreciate that. You know, I don't want to take uh, – look, is that some people have kind of the advantages of uh, brand and fame already. You know, they've got – look at Pat McAfee. I know we celebrate him as – um, uh, as somebody who's kind of changed the game in so many yeah, ways, and he, and he has, he certainly has. Uh, so not take it away, but you know, it's it's a lot easier to get player right. interviews when you got their text when you can text them, right? right? It's a True. lot easier. You know, it's like when uh, Dan Patrick left the mothership and ESPN and went start his own radio thing. Yes, that was a giant leap, but he also had cred. He had, you know, and we have. Let's, let's it's a let's, challenge to build not, something from nothing. 
Right, it is. And and let's also acknowledge and I appreciate uh you know him saying this in the call. These guys did work their ass off to yeah, be able to get yeah. where they were to where yeah. they had the clout and they had the ability sure. to do that. But I also do appreciate the fact that, you know, uh, he 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 sees what we're trying to do. We're not trying to come out here and tell people how they should feel. Um honestly, the fact that we have four people that all typically have a different opinion or it's not always a one-sided idea that we're we're bringing to the table. I think uh, is is something that is super valuable, um, and I think people appreciate that. So I've, I'm, I'm I'm I appreciate him. Uh, you know, obviously uh, giving us a shout out there. Uh, my day job, if you're interested in that, this is awesome. Um, it's the best uh, one. I am a debt collector, so uh, nice. I collect on. Uh, uh, now you're a manager press. debt collector though. Well, sort of. No, I'm in I'm in the legal department now. So yeah. I'm I'm collecting on the debt that people have gotten a summons or a judgment on or things like that. So just say uh, when you hear uh CK's voice outside of this podcast, it makes you, you sweat. It doesn't right. make you moist. <laughs> he, he's the guy I ignore. You're the guy I ignore. All right, uh Greg. Uh, yeah, I'm just a simple mailman. I'm a re- not retired vet. I guess I, you know, didn't stay in long enough to retire, but I'm a veteran that just uh, delivers mail in my hometown. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and I, you know, I usually try to. I'm t- I'm Tony in the world. I'm Anthony at work. Um, I teach history at a community college. I've been teaching for 14 years, um, and you know, I like to. You know, I started this podcast, and if you want to know some of this stuff, is guys, as Tuan Don has interviewed both myself and Cody about this stuff, is like a just kind of like, hey, sometimes we get so caught up just talking about sports that we forget, like, or not forget, just we don't know a lot about people. I got three kids. Greg's got kids. CK's got kids. We're working. We're doing all of this, and not that I and and I just want to go back to what you're saying: the building from nothing. I have always said this is I take what we do seriously, but I don't take myself seriously. And so this is never, I, I don't want this. And sure. Am I proud of, of, of kind of, you know what? The more success you get used to be like this is that if I would have walked to five, seven years ago, we had 142 people watching. I would have walked away and been like, I made it. I'm the next star of the internet right now. I've just come to the point is like every one of those gains just is like another one. I was like, why are we doing, you know, you want more, you want this and that. Mm-hmm. And I just want to always keep in mind. And you guys know, I talk a lot. I'm a talker. I'm Italian. It's just part of my nature. My wife says I could talk to an elevator law wall and get the thing to stop. I just don't ever want people to think that this is about that. I think it's about me and my takes have never been about I, what I think is right. This and that this whole podcast was started out of one simple thing. Joey Riolano and I were roommates when I was in college. He moved to Charleston, South Carolina. He's my older brother. Basically this kid, we go so far back that he acted like my dad on the phone to the police and got me out of some trouble when I was 17. We, Joe and I go way back. We used to just call each other at halftime of every game and just be like, what's going on with the team? And it was our way of weekly staying together 
as friends who are far away. And then I said, we should record this shit. We, we, this show started the first iteration of the C3 Panthers podcast started out as what was called the halftime hangout. And it was uh, us yeah. talking about the first half for five minutes. And then I was like, wait a minute. The shelf life on this is six minutes. We can't <laughs> let's do this on a day later and just talk about oh, what gosh. happened. So I just want it always to feel like you're in the car riding to the game, uh, riding. And, and that's just all what if that's my dream about this. I never think I know the most. Cody, do you want to tell you know what is Cody? Do? Cody no, dominates no, that, the fucking Internet. That's what he does. Yeah. So, OK, I went to college for video game design. I have a I have a certificate in character development and animation. And I got really good with computers for a while. But what you find out is that the jobs that I was really looking to do, they're reserved for people that have been in the business like 10 or more years. So, you know, I, I use my, my computer skills. I got a few other odd jobs of, you know, doing stuff here and there. I've run some, uh, some marketing accounts for a few people on Twitter before. But uh, at this point in my life, hey, I'm a full-time uh, online personality. I write, uh, I write content for DraftTech.com. And uh, by the way, thanks to Aaron Mayock because he gave me that opportunity. And I've been doing that for five years now. And by the way, do, do me a favor, man. Check out DraftTech.com. We put in a lot of work over there year in and year out, really trying to make that one of the premier draft websites uh, on the Internet. So – you know, we, we're, we're always putting a bunch of work in over there. And uh, everybody in the chat is saying I'm a phone sex operator and I will uh, neither confirm or deny any of that bullshit, dude. <laughs> because, you know, that's that's for All me. Right, but, let's go to the next call. Yo, it's YCE, White Chocolate Espresso. What's happening, people? Happy Tuesday. We're almost there. We're in the home stretch. The draft is coming up. I don't give a fuck who we take at one. As long as it's Stroud or Young, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I'm same. I'm I the don't same. give a fuck. I'm buying that jersey, Mug. I am yeah. buying that jersey. My question Agreed. is at 39. What are we going to do? Listen, I was very angry that I never got to see J.P. Horn and Stephon Gilmore two of the best cornerbacks in South Carolina history playing at the same time for my favorite team, the Carolina Panthers. I was very angry. It almost happened. It should have happened. We should have re-signed them. And I was very pissed. But you know what? They can make it up for me with a 39th overall pick. The Carolina Panthers take Cam Smith, South Carolina. Give me J.C. Horn. Give me Cam oh, Smith. South Carolina brothers. That's what I want at pick 39. And also, oh, bro, I also want this draft. It's a, do not take a Clemson player so Cody can cry on YouTube. I want to see those Clemson <laughs> tears. Kevin's such a dick. He loves Dude, you. I revealed he a picture. It. Dude, I revealed a picture from my past on Twan Don's show. The other night, and how about this fucker Kevin made it his profile picture <laughs> coming into the Friday free throw? I love him. He's ah. one of us. He's one of us. And that's why <laughs> when I call up my bastard son, it's like, damn, I went at what point do I have to recognize 
Comes, he's one of <laughs> the us. I love that type of humor too. Yeah, dude, I love the tool. loving, <laughs> loving nature. But it's a loving, it's a loving tease. Picking on your friends, yeah. It's like oh, I've not... always told people that if I tease you, I care about you. If I oh, don't, te- yeah. If I don't, if I don't make fun of you from time to time, I don't love you like that. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next goal. Hey guys. It's the girl that makes him howl, a.k.a. Hey. Joey the Blind Panther. Calling in to talk about C.J. Stroud versus Bryce Young because, guys, unfortunately, unfortunately, as annoying as this debate is, I refuse to call it a master debate because masturbation is way more fun than this shit at this point. I mean, we know we're getting a quarterback. We know whoever we want. We're getting him. Even theoretically, theoretically, I'm not saying anything. But if we wanted Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, there's nothing stopping us from getting them. Of course. Okay, not saying that the Panthers do. Not saying that I do. I'm just saying. You know, sometimes you got to explain this shit for some, for some people that hadn't drinking enough beer and are, uh, Still a bit God damn it, Kevin. Uh, but that being said, guys, we're 23 days away, which is my age, by the way. 23 days away. And if you ask me, Tonya would call you a baby. It's 46 days. You know, it, it, we should have been uh, done this shit 46 days ago. So, uh, yeah, dude, I am sick of hearing this shit, dude. I know people are going to talk about it because, I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, there's not much else to talk about. Free agency is done for the most part. Or pretty much all of it. I mean, unless someone decides to sign a couch potato, but I don't, I don't see that happening. But... There's that. That's all there is to talk about. I had to guess it would be CJ because Frank Reich and staff can fix the things that can fix CJ's shortcomings, but they cannot fix Bryce Young's shortcomings. So Bryce Young's shortcomings are physical. CJ's have to do with uh, mental and knowledge of the game, which Reich can easily fix. Anyway... Dude, Dude, you're so good at that, man. Every every time I think I'm prepared for the growl, but I'm not, dude. I'm never fully prepared. Uh, Yeah, dude. How about Kevin turned it into his fucking profile picture just now? Dude, he's such an asshole. He's such an asshole. (laughs) The best. He loves you. I might never... Now I might him. never. Now I might never put his comments up on screen, dude. What was so bad uh, about the picture? I haven't seen it. Oh my god! Oh. Gonna go over this again, dude. What's so bad about it, though? I was Is born it embarrassing. In- yes. Oh, uh, damn. I'll, I'll say it, but there's no shame in my game, dude. I'm fucking Panthers diehard, and no one's ever gonna talk shit to me. Oh, is he in I, a Falcons? Fucking I grew jersey? up in Georgia. I grew up in fucking Georgia. When I was a kid, I didn't know any better. And at the time, Jamal Anderson was the goddamn man, dude. 
he doing had the dirty bird, stuff. right? Yeah, he had yeah. He's doing the fucking dirty bird, and it was Get incredible, him, man. Get so, him, Kev. I thought it was gonna be making was something that was like embarrassing because you disability or something no oh, no. Deserve every bit of shit. in fact um, let me fucking see if i can find the picture dude so my nephew comes over to my house he's my wife my wife's she his mother is my wife's sister not very t- you know but i've known him forever her forever this mug comes over comes to thanksgiving or christmas wearing a damn who's the tall ass receiver Tight end for the Falcons, uh, Roger White. No, no, the the tight end right now. The oh, like, oh, 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 uh, Kyle Pitts. Pitts, yeah, Pitts comes over wearing this Pitts jersey. I was like, bro, I was like, man, what are you doing walking into Christmas, man, wearing that ugly ass shit? Like, I was like, I'm about Miranda put his take his gift back. Like, I was tease, you know, tease him, having fun, and that's what I love about sports is we get to talk shit about that, but we yeah. it's just not like politics oh, we where we have to, to hate to. each other. Yeah. Um, so yeah. here, and this is the ice up to my wife real quick on this. She has done some promotions for this bar, like where you get, she got a free Jersey to give like that. They gave away, they had like 30 jerseys and they gave them away over the season or something like that. And this was like the last three and they just gave her one and she got to pick. And I don't know what the other choices was is she comes home with this jersey, a Kyle Pitts jersey and yeah. white. And I was like, what the fuck are we going to do with this? Like, are we got to yeah. sell it on eBay? I mean, she was like, well, we're from, I mean, she's from Georgia as well. Yeah. She didn't know who to pick. It was like Mac Jones, you know what I'm saying? And she didn't like it. She had, she was like, I figured something. And I was like, fuck this. What the only thing I'm going to be able to do is burn this on the podcast. And you know what? <laughs> you know should. what I did? I gave right. it to that my nephew for Christmas. Oh, that man, was his birthday present. Dude. I gave it to him for his birthday present. And I look like the coolest uncle that I got him a fucking expensive jersey. And I was like, I had two choices. Burn this bitch or give it to you and make it. Because I, fu- I was like, Miranda, what the fuck are you doing? Like what kind dude. of she was like I could have gotten this other like some number I was like well, well, I would I feel better selling that on eBay than I would it's Kyle Pitts jersey. You want to see this picture, dude? No, like yes. I said, there, there's no shame in my game, dude. I was a I was a young and I was young and dumb, dude. Why did you show okay? this? I, Cause man, I don't have anything to hide, dude. Like I said, I have nothing to hide from anyone. I'm <laughs> in a wheelchair. I used to be a Falcons fan. I don't give it. And by the way, look how depressed my face was. Yeah, you so, don't literally have your Listen, I'm either mad that I'm wearing a Falcons jersey or that bird just shitted all up in my hand. Pretty and bird. I mad, and I was mad about that. Dude. Pretty bird. But, Pretty bird. Yeah, I, I, I was, Cody had a I, bird with no head. I was. I was. Yeah. Dude, I was not. <laughs> I was not that very long. All it took is one Super Bowl performance, and I'm like, nah, dude, I'm done with football. I didn't even fuck with football until uh, Cam Newton brought back my love of uh, of everything football in the Carolina Panthers. And how about this douche, White Chocolate, save this picture to his phone? Oh, yeah. I how mean, did he get that picture, Cody? Because he shared <laughs> oh, it. Cody put no. it on the internet. And once anything goes on the internet, is it's the forever. It's, it's public no, property. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't put it on the internet. Tuan wanted some pictures 
of me when I was younger. And my mom. Well, what do you found, think you were gonna do? What do you think he was gonna I, do? I You're going. I don't, I, don't, dude, I don't care. This is what like I'm I say, I you made even, a mistake in your past, and you just don't need to share it. I'm not saying you shouldn't be proud. <laughs> this no, is on you, Cody. Said, Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, my brother, my, my brother said the same thing. And when I called my mom, I'm like, I'm like asking her for pictures. She found this one, and she's like, "Bet you won't show that." Oh, dude! Oh, she I knew. Would... Mom knew what's up. You try look too. But cool don't ever for... bet me that I won't do something, dude. Because you know. True that. Hey, can True I just that. say though, like, dude, and this is the only good thing you'll ever hear me say about the Falcons. Jamal Anderson was the fucking man, dude. Jamal he Anderson was. was Jamal he was. Anderson. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Jamal Anderson. That That's my guy, most dude. hated team. I hate and, them more than anybody. Year, he was really good. Look at that little bird in his hand. I know. <laughs> got a, his, the head was duct taped on like Dumb and Dumber. Um, pretty bird. Pretty I've, always had a, I've always had a big ass head, though, as you can see. My, my, I will pivot this to one thing also, since we were talking about the origins of the show and things like that, is I'm not a gatekeeper fan. Um, so when people say you're a bandwagon fan, this and that jump on the bandwagon folks, I want, I'm not going to ever tell anybody how to fan, how to do that. Like is, and that is every Panther fan. What, uh, and you know what, to be honest, look, is if you're old enough before the Panthers existed and you cheered for a team, you had to have a team. Right. Yeah. And I was a quote unquote giants fan. Yeah, because all of my family's from New York, and there, yeah. and I thought, oh, I got to pick a New York team. You didn't know any better. Well, they didn't exist. The Panthers didn't exist at the time, so you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm not a gatekeeper. Like, welcome into the welcome to the the side of good, Cody. Oh, Thanks yeah. for leaving that fucking. Oh, dude, trip. I learned I learned the error of my ways, man, and uh, I was. Or wrong. you know what is you learned this. Is you don't got to put every picture from your childhood on the fucking internet. <laughs> Straight up. My, my, dude, my, my brother, and my brother's a Saints fan. He thought I was dumb as hell for putting uh, that up. Next whatever, call. Man, no shame in my game. What's up, guys? This is Chase. Um, I got a question for you guys. Uh, would you be willing to trade a first-round pick or two for a quarterback that uh, averages only 186 passing yards a game, I, I don't think he would. He oh, wait a minute. That was Lamar Jackson. <laughs> the, 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 the great Lamar Jackson. Only 186 yards passing Over his career? per game that as can't a for be quarterback. True. I mean, that's uh, Baker Mayfield numbers. Probably pretty close. Check those oh, and, uh, Is that true? I broke into Cody Lack's house and uh, read his diary. I read that he in there that he really wants to wait to next draft to uh, get DJ Ungale of Clemson lower. And uh, this is a good I call. up to whoever's in charge of getting the show on the streaming services because why did I only when did I get last week's uh, show? That's Tony today. I up on that guy. That's me. Ice up, Tony. Yeah. Yep. I did the no, same thing this week, Tony. Don't worry about it. It happens. No, I look, as this is one of those things. There was no, I would mention to people, I was like, I can't, I just physically am unable to get it up right now because I didn't have the blue okay. pill. 
physically can't get it out. I, can't, hey, I, yeah, I believe you. Hey, uh, I was like, man, I am impotent. No, as a really, we and we had a long show just like tonight last week and it was so late i was like man I, and i had to get up so early. i had to go right to bed at, and i got probably a little crunk on the show too i was drinking wine and i had all that drive man so anyway nope that was very delayed seven day six day delay on getting the podcast but you know what it's go, so awesome though is uh and i am apologetic to it i deserve the ice up it does not bother me that people I love this that people are sending me messages like, "Where the hell's the podcast at?" Yeah, dude, dude, yeah, like that yeah. makes my heart like it, dude. We, uh, I love it, I love it, you, I love you, join the gang. You, you've done that before, and people would message me and they'd be like, "Where is the audio podcast?" And then I'd message you. Wait, it's all right. We're, we're gonna uh, figure out ways for me to. It's just hard. Look, I just want to like, and then I was, there was one point over the last couple of years. And I, and again, I'm the person, I'm the reason this podcast goes like CK's yawning right now. It's because of me. <laughs> this is my fault. But I would like, you have to stay. I would be up till like four in the morning. Somebody, I like somebody, this is the time. And I worked and I, somebody goes, what the hell are you doing up right now? And I'm like tweeting. I'm that like, was, I'm, you sent that to me at like three 30 in the morning. I was like, what are you doing up Tony? Yeah. And oh, I was man. like, Hey, well, I got an hour and a half of basically uploading, doing all this shit in the background afterwards. And then, so, uh, look, very sorry for the delay on that. I uh, hope I get this one out, uh, early tomorrow morning. Let's go to the next call. Hey guys, it's Joey the Blind Panther again. Joey. And uh, seeing as how we ain't got shit to talk about, really, who wants to talk about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud by the time you play this call? But uh, I thought I would uh, call in and tell you all some Atlanta fail cons jokes. Oh, boy. And me and my buddy were actually telling these at work this morning. So the first one is, why do the Falcons eat their Wheaties from a box? And the answer is because they choke every time they get near the Super Bowl. And the next one is, what's the difference between the Atlanta Falcons and a dollar bill? Oh. A dollar bill is good for four quarters. Oh, I like that one. There's a small town somewhere in Panther Nation. And there's a town douchebag, and he likes to beat on all his women. So Uh this guy, everybody in the town found out pretty quick. He was a Falcons fan. So one day he gets this chick, and they're all doing real good, and he doesn't seem to beat on this chick. So people see this chick somewhere and say, how do you get this fool not to beat on you? And she says, well, he's a Falcons fan, so I just wear Panthers colors so he can't beat me. Anyway, guys. <laughs> I like it. Wow, wow, wow. I, like I appreciate it. the effort. I love the, yeah. Dude, applause. Five yeah. Five. Oh yeah, no, it's great. Uh, <laughs> the, you know what is? I like an over corny joke too. So the first one was, oh, but it still was all right. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like okay, yeah. Like that was the point to be sticky. It was to be. Uh, I mean, we need a Jewish word. If Get- if Gettleman was here, he'd help us out with this one. 
But the second one was just solid. And was the third one real or a joke? I, I think that like did no, somebody no, really no, no, get no, no, beat no, no, on no, and then he no. made it into a joke? Uh, no, I, I okay. don't think so. All right, uh, let's go to the next call. Yo, this is MVJ365, man. I'm always in the comments. Um, just recently started checking y'all guys out. I just wanted the crew to, to just tap in on what I'm going to say right now. I yeah, just want to hear y'all's opinion on it. Um, I think us as Panther fans, you know, we have high hopes for this team. I feel like we overrate some of these moves we did this offseason. So it's like a little two-part thing right here. So Adam Thielen is old. He can catch, but he's old. I feel like he's on the back end of his career, and he may just have came here just to die. Now, he did have 700 yards last season, but that's with Justin Jefferson on the other side of him. We have no Justin Jefferson. Um, Hayden Hurst. Uh, we have no Jamal Chase and T. Higgins. How good and how productive is he going to be as well? I feel like he's kind of been overrated. Now, Miles Sanders, I think that's a great move. Uh, I think he'll still be a great running back. I think he's in his prime. So I just feel like some of these moves just a little overrated. Then the second thing is, man, Brian Burns. I love Brian Burns, but at what point are we going to accept that this is just who he is? I think this is his peak. I feel like he's, you know, max a 12 to 13 sack guy season. I think sometimes we think he's going to turn into TJ Watt or one of these elite Miles Garrett type guys. And he wants that kind of money. And we'll see. But I just want to know you guys' opinion on it and congrats on being the longest running. Panther podcast out there. I appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. I think he said his name was MJD365. Appreciate you, man. He's a brand new caller, man. Dude, that's awesome. We appreciate your uh, your your call. I was supporting us. Man, that, he touched on a lot there, man. Um, Thielen, again, Thielen to Hurst. Yeah. That's yeah. basically the thread there is are these guys and they're coming from good teams. They are coming from good teams. Um, Hayden Hurst still had really good production on a team that was loaded. Man, they had Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. They, you know, they were able to spread the ball around. Yet he still had good numbers. And with Adam Thielen, it's like kind of what we said earlier. Adam Thielen, he's going to catch everything that you throw at him. He's never going to be the guy that takes the top off the defense. But that's not what the Panthers brought him here to do. We brought him to be just a Mr. He's a possession Reliable. Receiver. Yeah, he's a possession, he's a possession receiver. receiver. Third and seven, you're going to Adam Thielen. Yeah, but also even in the red zone, man. Like this guy found 12 the end touchdowns zone. last year. Yeah, bro. so when, whenever you have these big tall guys on the perimeter, like DJ Chark and Terrace Marshall Jr., inevitably they're going to have these openings for uh, our man Thielen to find the soft spot in the zone and, and really dissect this these red zone defenses and put the ball in the end zone. So for that, I'm incredibly grateful to have him. And the final thing, I believe Burns is going to have his best year this year. And I feel like we have yet to see the best of Brian Burns. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. But every single year, Brian Burns has been better than he was the year before. And he had so many near misses that we forget about. Like if he would have, if he was a better finisher, he would be, you know, 15 sacks the past 
two years in a row. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to be very optimistic and believe in the upside for Brian Burns. I tell you, when it comes to, I, I almost feel like Thielen's production is a comp, a testament and a compliment to him as a player. He's played beside Stefan Diggs and put up monster numbers on the other side, undrafted. Then he goes, Justin Jefferson is the fucking uh, arguably the best for him and Devontae Adams, I think, or maybe, I mean, it's Justin Jefferson right now. He's better. You people would take Justin Jefferson over Stefan Diggs right now, I think. And I think that'd be, I mean, a little bit younger. But I think the, the testament to Thielen is actually producing those numbers. And I know last year was a decline. I don't think we brought him to be our number one. No. And I think this, if our number two gets 700 yards, I'm going to jump up and fucking down. Like, we haven't had – when's the last time none of the players – who was it? We've only had DJ Moore, and that's it. Nobody – Robbie – actually, Robbie Anderson. We had a two 1,000-yard season, Robbie Anderson and them together. We have not had – give me – and this is why I always go back to Brandon LaFell. Brandon LaFell's been better than 98% of the receivers we've had since we used to shit on Brandon LaFell. I'm not saying he's great, but I will take – 700 yards and six touchdowns. If Adam Thielen does that next year, he's a fucking monster in my mind. I love him. All right. So, uh, 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 yeah. a, a donation from Cody Lacks, long lost bird. Says, I'm really excited <laughs> about our weapons. Keep adding. See what I'm into? Kevin is an uber troll. He's an uber troll. He's like me. We just keep it going a little bit too long. (laughs) Like we're going to make that joke one more time. (laughs) One more time. Let's go to the next call. We're last call right now. That bird was a female, by the way. So Hey, guys. Just wibble wibble. (laughs) Calling in just to say. uh, What's up, wibble wibble? On the Brown Burns topic we were talking about earlier. The thing is, is like. I just was getting irritated at the fact that you're over here talking about like his value and how we wonder if it should be so high. And yet every team it almost seems like an NFL understands the value. You know, at least a couple do for sure. The Bears wanted him for sure in that trade. Number one, they don't. Got and also nobody, last year, a, tra- a team tried to give up two first round picks for Brian Burns after we traded away Chris McCaffrey for a second and third and fourth and fifth, whatever. I'm not add So the same teams consider, you know what I mean? We're talking about all value and whatnot. Well, we couldn't even get one first-round pick for McCaffrey. A team offered two for Burns, and we turned that down because it wasn't good enough. So that lets you know what the Panthers think of Brian Burns. And in my opinion, like you already know my opinion of Brian Burns. wasn't trying to be rude or irritate no, you're my not. comments. No, we love it. No, we love the I was just saying. Like, you got to give that man a little bit more respect, brother. And like I said, yeah, they both played 60, some, 60 games for Peppers, 64 for Burns, 40 and a half sacks for Peppers, 37 and a half for Burns. You know, roughly 60 game-ish, roughly, roughly, roughly uh, 40 some sacks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're very similar when it comes to that. Their, their athleticism, both out of house, I think they're both freaks of nature athletically. And so, yeah, they're very comfortable in my opinion. And I do believe – that with very with very good coaching, like Burns will excel in his new role in his defense and show everybody what he's worth, you know, finally. And, you know, 
Peppers came in the league with John Fox, a great defensive coach who ran the shit for 10 years. Dude, he, Burns was stuck with Wolf for his whole, pretty much whole career. He had one year at the very end of the old dude. I mean, I'm just saying. So give him some respect. That's all I'm saying, brother. Besides that, y'all have a great night. You know what I'm saying? Keep combination. Get a beauty. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, I'm going to give him a pause. Uh, number one, uh, I think that's his first call into the show. So uh, yeah. thank you for being uh, getting your voice heard on the C3 Panthers podcast. And you know what? You've got some, you know what? We've got to take these points. The truth probably lies in somewhere in the middle. And uh, full disclosure, Julius Peppers is my favorite Carolina Panther of all time. He's my number one. And then it's it's like 1A and 1B with Cam Newton. And then it's Steve Smith. And then I got some linebackers in there and those other people that I love. Pep is was such a monster to me. I just think this is that, look, the Panthers had the number two overall pick. They were fucking terrible. They were 2-14 and 14 when they came into the league. Is that is like him? And he was the you know, Peppers was the first star we ever had that was drafted. Yeah. Like it was the first, but look, I mean, I we could quibble. I think you brought up some things. Is look, is Brian Burns has been available, Brian Burns has been available, and he is our best player on the team. I think you guys convinced me that already. I am not advocating against Brian Burns by any means. I do believe that Peppers was in a different stratosphere of these types of people. Pepper's the big conversation with Pep. You know how the Pep uh, that we talk about Brian Burns and we say he never finishes. He's an almost, almost guy. Like he's like, he could have had 17 sacks, but he was never gets there. The thing with Pep, they used to be critical about Pep of him taking plays off. They'd be like, Oh, he ain't going hard enough all the time. But then you realize this is being a defensive end is like playing chess. If you just go 100% on every play, you're gassed by the end. And that's what they say actually about Miles Garrett. Like in the second half, he's like a nobody right. because he's just overdone it. And I just think this is Pep was Pep is, is just I don't know. I just watched them play. I don't know if they were, I don't I just don't believe that's your that, guy, man. Even if someone comes to you with a good argument or reason, that's your guy. You're gonna defend your guy. Yeah, I'm not even saying you're wrong, dude. He was dominated. I saw this mug, this dude on a Denver game one time on the two yard five. It was like the five yard line or two yard line. Ultimately, batted up the ball, basically created disruption through the line, batted the ball up, created, ran 98 yards, almost had the touchdown. He picked it, he tipped it, picked it, and took it to the house. And he outran. I mean, it was 98 yards. And dude, they showed him on the sidelines after that play. And you're <laughs> in that Denver mile high shit. This mug was sucking on that oxygen mask. I thought the oxygen tank was going to crumple. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the greatest plays I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Love Pep. Love Pep. Also, 30 men live 30 minutes away from where I'm at. All right, that's the C3. Those are the cat calls. We want you to call in for Friday. Well, you can be a part of the show on Friday nights. You can call in throughout the week at 252-228-5098. Be a part of the chat, all of that. Let's blast through the news super quick. We've got uh, still it's a long show. Look, as we get bigger and better and people love to be a part of the conversation, the show just extends and extends. I thought this was interesting because, Cody, I'm an advocate of trying. We haven't had a... I know the linebacker isn't sexy. I know it's not part of the analytics of the game, 
But good linebackers or AKA great linebackers have been such a part of the Panthers storyline. So many of my favorite players throughout the years have been linebackers. Sam Mills before my time, it was really heyday was with the saints, but so important to the Carolina Panthers linebacker, Thomas Davis linebacker, Luke Keekley linebacker, John Beeson important to me. Love John Beeson was better than Tom Davis for Thomas Davis for a while. Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, Dan Morgan, Will Witherspoon. We have had such a, in fact, you know, I've been so hard on Shaq Thompson and some people, and they may have a point is that he's just been pretty good, but not great. And I'm used to just chef's kiss at the linebacker. Jack Campbell has been reported to be training with former Panthers, former Panthers linebacker, Luke Keekley. Hey, yeah, that's a guy you want to work out with. Yeah, man. And, and by the way, Jack Campbell is a beast. It, watch some of that man's highlight film. That that dude is a baller, man. He's incredibly strong. He's aggressive. He ran good at the combine. I'd have to look up his numbers. I don't know him off the top of my head. But it, dude is a beast, man. And if you have that type of sensibility that Luke Kickley does – Dude, that that's a that's a great recipe, man. I would, Lamar Lathan, Kevin Green, wonderful stuff. Um, what's next? Um, I believe this is. I, I think we only have two bits of news. I think this is it, unless you added a third. Maybe I don't remember. Um, this is interesting. I just like this, and somebody brought this up too about the Rams with the trades or whatever. It was like this. Um. Colts owner Jim Ursay says you have to care, be careful not to mortgage your future, ultimately, is what he's talking about. Well, guess what? The fucking Colts suck, and the Rams, albeit aggressive when it comes to trading picks, have been in the Super Bowl twice and won it once in the last whatever years. I've almost, the Rams have got me to the point where it's this, is that maybe that draft capital of the future isn't, as important as sometimes we think. And this is why I'm not fucking upset about not having the number one pick next year. Yeah. So, I mean, a, he's a, he's a character, man. Yeah. He's yeah. that Ursay. Um, Who's next? What's next then? Did you add this one? I don't know. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, look, I mean, the, the commanders continue to be, supposedly up for sale. I almost feel like Dan Schneider's whole goal is to just draw this out until they keep him as an owner. Like he's <laughs> never going to go away. Magic Johnson in on the bid of the group uh, bidding for the commander. So interesting. I think that's it. That's it. Oh, oh, last bit. Last bit is this. This is karma. Is this karma? Uh, Deshaun Watson and the uh, the, the 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 stain we have I think we missed the biggest bullet ever by not getting Deshaun Watson and I'm I'm not trying to take a shot at you here Cody but like yeah you made some compelling arguments about how a superstar player can change your team the irony of this is another superstar quarterback is actually available right now in Lamar Jackson and one of the arguments about Deshaun Watson was that this never happens. It never happens that a guy in his prime who's Watch among the, the elite is actually available. 
Well, you know what? The Browns sold their soul, and many people would say, sacrificed what some people would say, their ethics. I don't even know who Michael Woods is. That's not the guy that played for the Rams that went to the Texans, is it? That's uh, Robert Woods. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know who this guy is, but I just thought, man, nothing's going to go. Can the Deshaun Watson era even work? Or are the forces oh, of yeah, the universe like, wait, against them? I mean, maybe, but I, I, I'm right now you can't say that it was a raw deal until we see him play after an entire offseason. If he has a bad year this year, yeah. But people forget that at the time, he was one of the top passers in the NFL. So, hey, I, 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 I'm happy. I'm at happy the, that at we're the in, time I'm he was traded, the position that we're in now. At the time he was traded, the last time he played in the NFL, he was one of the top passers in the NFL. Yeah, it's been a long time. Let's, but that's let's make my sure, point. Let's make, yeah, de- de- yeah, details are important. He threw for almost five. Details are important. Threw, now. Right, and, and part of the details is he threw for over five thousand yards on a really bad Texans football team. Mm-hmm. His, uh, his and, then he, bit, and then he played his, for for a play, really bad Browns team, and he th- did really really bad for them. So. Well, he only oh, played five games. Yeah, yeah, he did really yeah. really bad in the five games he played. So we're he gonna was see what he bad, does. bro. He, he looked a lot of he, he had a lot of drops too. All I'm saying is, you, we we gotta see what happens this year. If the hey, Browns fuck it up, Baker Mayfield played five games for us, and we said he did bad. So he threw like five picks in one game, like the red zone. But Deshaun's up there. I don't care. About this, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk. I just thought I'm just wondering is karma my just the ultimate thing is this is can it actually work or will the universe undermine this regardless of any of the things that you bring up? All right, that's the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast. When I say the longest running Panthers podcast, I mean literally we've been talking since nine o'clock tonight, but we still have one more segment to go because we don't let you go to sleep. This is our time. Our homage to Steve Smith. Let's ice some fools up. Ice up, son. Ice up. It's the ice up segment, the longest running segment on the longest running Panthers podcast. And that is when we ice up someone. Everybody is fair game. Anyone in the universe is fair game. We would tell them to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. Guys, ice somebody up because mine is political but not deep. Oh, boy. So superficial. Mine, oh, mine superficial. might be. We might all be on the same one on this, to be honest. Well, let me do mine before we go political, then, because I'll probably comment on the political ones. Um, I'm just going to show a quick video. <laughs> I love. These are listen, my favorite. Ice listen, Please I, am, I am a geek, and I'm cool with that. I've accepted it. I've embraced it. I'm totally fine with that in my elder age, knowing that what I do is very geeky and the things that I like are very geeky. And it's okay. I'm cool with that. However, I do draw a line and there is a limit. So I just just want to show this one TikTok here real quick of this guy who's on a, uh, okay, LARPing. Do you know what LARPing is? Yes. Live okay. action role play. Yeah, so LARPing is like a big deal with some people. I'm not that into it, but like some people really get into LARPing. And this is oh, apparently God, a news funny. story at a LARPing <laughs> session where there were, they actually found an actual dead person. <laughs> so I want I want to share this uh, share this story with you that this guy cannot believe his spell did not work. So let's see here. 
Wait, did, uh, let, me, let me know if you can That's hear coming. the audio. That's coming. Yeah, that's can you hear up. the audio? No, we nope. can't hear the audio. Oh, no, but it's yeah. muted on the video, not... Oh, okay, yeah, just that. There we go. Let's see. We were in the middle of our tournament Weird. where my friend John said he found a body in the bushes over there. I ran over there because I'm a healing monk to try and help, but obviously my magic wasn't strong enough because the dude's body was missing a head. So my friend decided to try and use a necromancer spell, which didn't work, which I knew it wouldn't. <laughs> and apparently we contaminated the crime scene because that spell uses a lot of glitter. Apparently, you it's not the glitter that contaminated the, the crime scene. It's all the other shit, too. Right. So I just saw this and I was like, that's hilarious. I've, I've, I've got to ice that up. So uh, I'm icing up um, anybody who is that into uh, LARP. LARP. Like, I, I, look, listen, I go, I go to Comic Cons. I dress up. I'm totally into cosplay. I'm fine with that. And I have no problem. Anybody who has who takes whatever fantasy they want to, to whatever level they want to, as far as that goes in, in, in that manner. Yeah. But at some point in time, you have to draw a line with reality. And when you, you find know, a guy with his head off, don't try to cast a necromancer spell on him. Is all I'm saying. Do you remember um, the moment that Tom Cruise went nuts and it was on Oprah with the couch <laughs> yes. jumping moment and all moment. of that? It's like the moment. Yeah, it's the moment that he became a nut job to the world. Crazy yeah. Yeah. Um, the jumping on the couch wasn't the fucking weird part about this. He had just joined Scientology. And he said this, he said, this was, uh, I was like, and I was young, bro. I was like, this dude is fucking wacko. He said this, he was like, I was in Seattle. I was driving past an accident. Like there was an accident, the EMS, all these people were on the scene. It was a big deal. He said, I knew I had to stop because I was the only person that could really help. Like his like Scientology like he was meant. Mm, and I was yeah. like, bro, imagine being the motherfucker that needs CPR. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Tom Cruise pushes the paramedic out of the way and says, <laughs> I'm the guy that's here to help. And you're like, no. I <laughs> get a paramedic in a movie. I can do it. Yeah. So I'll be quick. I've got two eyes up picks. Again, I don't, you know, Tony, we always have these conversations like, is it a real video? Is yeah, it yeah. just for pretend? I don't know. Dude, if this video is real, it's poetry. It's absolute poetry. This cop over in the UK, <laughs> it, 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 I guess he's trying to jump over this fence and he gets so stuck that his pants fall down. What's on and, his ass? Dude, he, has he, has stain? he has a poot stain, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he shit his pants when he fell over the... Dude, he shit his pants going over. And now his pants are stuck at the bottom. But now everyone's laughing at him. They're not even him. helping him. They're, they're not helping him, but then look. At a certain point, he reaches <laughs> for his Don't help him. Don't help him. I'm all about this video. He was recording it. He was recording it the whole time. Oh, uh, so it's damn fake. right it's when we fake. want to find a great no, video. No, 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 that was his walk and talk. And, oh, and it was okay. Given, uh, yeah, the walk. Calling him for help. 
Yeah, he's trying <laughs> okay. to radio for Thank help, God. and Save nobody and nobody would give it to him. And then finally, the one guy feels bad for him. Why is the poop such a concentrated circle, though? Like, if you shoot your pants out of fear, like I feel like it would be more disastrous than a perfect quarter. Dude, it's like a shark. You didn't mean to. It's just made with a sharpie. Okay, I like that one. I like that one. You know what? Fight the police, as in. (laughs) Uh, And then my my final one is um, listen, dude. If if you're gonna sleep on the job don't cuddle up with your co-worker bro give people a chance and this is what <laughs> this is awesome i love these people these are my heroes yep everybody deserves 15 dollars an hour right are you serious guys you get <laughs> that's it so hey man when you're uh so look when you're when you're climbing over fences, make sure you don't have a poop stain in your drawers. Or don't shit your pants when you do. Yeah, and also uh, don't uh, don't be sleeping on the job with pillows uh, curled up next to your work husband and or wife. So, eyes up, son. Yeah. I she said. had a big booty. He was cuddled up nicely. She has some big everything. She's yeah. comfy. All right, my up pick is very simple. I don't. It's not too deep. It's a, sh- a shallow one. I have no opinion on any politic stuff anymore. I have no horse, no horse in the race and the whatever. I am gonna ice up the Democrats though. For I don't know. It's like I, I don't. I just feel like the the Trump indictment, all of this stuff. It's I gonna get him elected. Like, I think it's going to backfire. It's just going to backfire on them. And and the the thing that this reminds me of is I read this book uh, that my boss gave it to me when Obama was elected and was like, somebody turned this book out in his first, it was about Obama's first hundred days, but it was really more about the election because he wrote the book so quickly. And what the whole argument was about how the Republicans, how they got to this point is they went hard on the paint, hard in the paint, and between 2004 and 2007 on social issues, and people vote with their wallets. People vote with their wallets. We, the fringes of society, get fucking crazy about certain very specific issues, but we vote with based on what the economy is doing. Like you play to the center, but somehow, and all, all I think is this is that what the Democrats are doing is either maybe recognizing that, gosh, they're going to have to trot out Biden again. Or they're in scare. Like, I just think this is that whatever it is, is that this is a tactic to try to keep Trump from getting elected. But I saw this one comedian say this is fucking Trump got street cred. This mug yeah. talks about business <laughs> and hoes and money. And if he, he goes talks to, shit to his rivals. Yeah. And if and, and he said this and it was like the best video, it was a great stand up bit. He said, man, if he goes to jail, he get arrested. DeSantis is going to have to get shot like 12 times. <laughs> if he wants to cred that Trump guy. Right. I was like, yeah. So as right. this is I'm icing up the Democrats. Because you you know what you could is that I feel like this is and I don't even like I don't even care. I don't even care. I, you know what I Googled? Actually, I will say this. 
I Googled what the hell he was being indicted for because I didn't even I wasn't paying attention to his stuff. And I was actually surprised that it wasn't more serious accusations. It's all like they're all and and I'm not saying he did something legal. I don't really care. Have no I, I still defend Bill Clinton. Motherfuckers, this dude, the man, he just got a sorry, this dude got head. And you're trying to kick him out of America. Like, no. Yeah. I said virtue. But this, I looked it up and it was just basically if they would have done the payment structure differently. I don't know. Did anybody really Look. think that people ain't paying people off? I was like, duh. We all knew it was happening then, too. Right. 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 And and, and here's the thing is they are <clears throat> like scared. First of all, statute of limitations is gone for this. Okay. And second of all, like they're pushing for something that they can't prove like it's so, a theory at this point. So, yeah, it, it's a theory. They they have they have indicted him before they sent it before they came down with a charge. So they haven't which, even charged which, him yet. Which, which proves they have targeting. Yeah. Oh, like they that, have? that proves you're targeting that if you've indicted somebody before you've come up with a charge means that you're gonna arrest this, this person for something. You don't know what yet, but for something that means you're targeting. I, so, I, I'm like, just my ice up completely goes to this is that, that DA, this actually is going to DA, yes. give him more yeah. cred. Well, that DA, right. I'll tell you this just to add your ice up there. Um, not only do you need to ice up that DA, you also need to ice up the DA for the fact that he broke the law by releasing the inform- yes. leaking the indictment information anyway. <laughs> yes. So the dude is already like breaking the law. To file like and, and it's so the thing is it is it is reigniting a base. It's not going to yeah get the him cult the, of Trump is gonna is fucking one hundred. It, it's not going to get him the 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 nomination. I think there's when you look at the polls, the polls even with the amount of people who are Republicans who approve of it is like thirty percent of Republicans approve of him actually getting arrested. Right? Um, oh, of arrested or getting yeah, a or, nomination? Or getting, getting no, arrested. getting getting arrested. He will be. Right. You really think DeSantis can outdo him? And no, I don't want to get no, in. I don't think he can either. But I think well, Tulsi Gabbard's better a better option to be quite honest with oh, you. Oh, I hate that lady. I think she's going to. I think she will. He's not wrong. I think she yeah. has a better <laughs> chance by a long shot of beating any de- Democratic nominee that they put up, especially if it's Biden. Sorry about it. Um, so. He's not wrong. I want I wanted to add to this real quick, just to show you. And by the way, I, I've never voted Republican in my life. I'll probably never vote again in my entire fucking life. But to show you how inept uh, Democrats are, Democrats were literally spending millions of dollars donating to far right Trump Republicans because they felt like they would be easier to beat. <laughs> they want to beat Trump. Just, they think they, they can are Trump. Exactly. no they are they are the dumbest motherfuckers in the world. Yep. And by the way, if you look at the difference between how they fought Bernie Sanders versus how they fought Donald Trump, dude, it's night and day difference, man. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's all a sham. Everyone's liars. Everyone's virtue signaling. They don't give a damn about any of the issues that they claim to. They just tell you that shit so you feel inclined to go out and vote for them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about your families, dude. This is why I started the podcast. I was tired of arguing that. So let's talk about Cody and stupid fucking Falcon jersey. That's easy. I have one more quick ice up after CK, but I want CK to go first. Yeah, so my ice up, listen, 
I'm not going to talk about. I'll I'll talk briefly about Iowa and South Carolina. Or, okay. Um, LSU. Never mind. I don't have to go after you. You're good. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa and LSU. There was this whole thing with, you know, you can't see me and Caitlin Clark doing you can't see me. All oh, that yeah. stuff. Who cares? It's literally fucking sports. Who gives a shit, right? Um, anybody who was offended by it is a snowflake, um, and has has is just never been in the heat of competition whatsoever, right? <laughs> And the fact that Caitlin Clark, regardless of the uh, situation, it doesn't matter. Number one, it's sports. But um, there's been, there was an entire you know group of people uh, that were just offended by Angel Reese doing the you know doing that after they won the game. Um, but here's my thing, and I'm going to ice up a couple of different things with this. Angel Reese shouldn't have been the one doing that. She was, from my understanding. Guarding Caitlin Clark for the entire game, and Caitlin put up thirty points on her. Like it, she didn't play a good game. Like the LSU was a better team than Iowa, but Caitlin was a better player than all of LSU. Sorry, <laughs> that's that. That's what every stat yeah. that I saw was. Yeah. So number one, you, you don't have the like. Th- there is no offensive aspect to it. I I couldn't care less. But the reality is, she did not deserve to be the one to do that. So, um, secondly, um, the other part to that is Joe Biden yes. decided to say, <laughs> I would, li- I'm going to talk to Joe. I think we should invite Iowa because they played really well too. Well, so both not- of them. they wanted to invite LSU and Iowa. Right. Exactly. To, to the white house because the champions That's how the whole thing works. Yeah. How, again, let's talk about the word snowflake and, if this isn't the biggest participation trophy award I've ever fucking mm-hmm. heard in my life, like mm-hmm. Iowa lost. They don't get the benefit of going to the fucking White House or the freaking White House. White House. Sorry, I'm trying to be better. Um, so, but Jill Biden, coming from the super liberal side of things, is like, we need to, you know, bring them over. They did a good job. They got all the way to the finals. No. And they got their ass beat. And got there, yeah. They didn't do well. They got they lost yeah. by twenty points. Yeah. Uh, anyway, look and l- let me just add on to your ice up. The problem with this issue is this tackles two huge, huge things on two different levels. One is racism, and two is feminism. Okay, because the whole Caitlin thing doing it, and then I can't remember the other girl's name that did it, and they, they made a big deal about Angel it. Angel Reese. Angel Reese. Who like CK says? Who fucking cares? If Caitlyn did it and then Angel did it, good for them. Like like seriously, that is competition. There is absolutely no reason why one should be able to do it than the other. The problem is you have a group of five white girls versus a group of five black girls. Okay, so when you have one group that does one thing and the other group does the same thing, gets gets called down for it or gets in purple for it, it's a problem. And CK, those are the bigger racial issues that you're talking about. That needs yeah. to be taken care of. Because it did not matter that a black girl did the exact same thing a white girl did. It should be looked at the exact same way. Period. Yeah. That's all there is to it. It's yeah. competition. Okay? And by the way, then, to the victor then, goes the spoils, man. Exactly. If you, if exactly. you win, if you win, dude, it's she fuck was you, following bro. around the then, court there. Yeah, she was dude, following yeah, around the court. My, it was I'm like, my, dude, Victor but, goes the spoils, bro. But then Jill Biden not only puts it on a racial level, she puts it on a sexual level because 
Not only does she invite, oh, I know we just heard all oh, guys do to, this to all the, the to time the, to, the, to, the, yeah, to the to the White House, like we said, that lost. But you would never do that to a male team. Did you invite the Philadelphia Eagles to the Super Bowl to, to the White House after they lost the Super Bowl? No. So now you're dealing with a racial and a sexual problem with her doing this. She's a fucking moron. That's why she's married to Joe Biden. I I'm recommend you, dude, this like, book. She is a moron on so many levels. It's insane. I cannot just wait got to see done. the outcome of this is. Just got done with this fantastic book. It's called Coddling of the American Mind. It's written by two uh, educational psychologists, and they're liberal. They're, and they're being critical of liberals going too far. Right. But one of the things that they made, and this is just what my point was with a lot of other things, I think it comes here is this. Is who is and I, and this is what the who cares argument goes to, is that this whether it's right wrong or indifferent, we're making this to be the biggest thing in the world, like a referendum on race and gender and blah blah blah. And it's just this is like who I mean it's like we take things that maybe even be are small slights that maybe even have but it like it's not the fucking end of the world. So what I think is this is I don't really care what happened is that she was following her around. <laughs> she made it a thing. It was like, uh, I mean, so who cares? I don't even give a fuck. I've never even watched girls basketball ever. But we think that this is like all of a sudden this like insight into right. all of society. And you know what is yeah. maybe it's just fucking people being dicks. Like, I mean, what if you just look at my podcast? So don't overdo it, folks, is like whatever. Um it doesn't matter. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, Angel Reese, they were winning the, the tournament. Um, Caitlin Clark, uh, and they, you know, I, again, I didn't watch the South Carolina game, but apparently there was some disrespect, and that's where Angel Reese was coming from. Was shit she wanted to. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, you know, at the end of the day, Angel, I mean, it it's so pointless at the end of the, like, I really. It's not on my radar, dude. It's not so on my radar. The amount of people that were so angry about it, it did come across very, very you know, very, very concerning with the fact that I, I think that that is on the, both sides, right? For the yeah. people that are well, calling Dave someone Portnoy, classless, Dave, so like, like this person is the worst piece of shit to Dave the person Portnoy, who says this. Dave Portnoy and Keith Olbermann all came out calling her a classless piece of shit. And of course, but that they didn't guy say that shit. But, but the thing is, is I think this is probably one of the rare, rare, rare occurrences, especially in a major situation. Where race is a bigger is a part of this. Yes, Don Imus. Do you remember race Don Imus? Yes, I, yeah. I would say mm-hmm. Don Imus called uh, the the girls. The last time this happened was actually in a girls' national championship, and Don Imus. He called him a bunch of no. nappy headed. He called him like, yeah. Well, it was just I, like I, it was like this. It's like oh my goodness. Anyway, I don't really don't, don't I, make a whatever. No, I, I think it all boils down to, like I said, what CK was saying. There are so many racial issues and so many issues that come up that mean nothing that take away from a bigger part. This is an actual racial issue that where we saw one person do one thing, then the next person do the exact same thing and they were judged differently. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is one of those issues that I think is you make a big deal about this, even though, like I said, I don't care about her talking shit. I think she should. You should be able to. The fact of what happened is like the way things broke down. That is the bigger racial issue that I think we need to tackle. She came out. Yeah. She came out on the podium. It's just like, is this it's overdoing is, you know what? Just it's, it's trash talk 
whether you know it's just trash talk and this and that is personally i think her following around it was like over the top a little but you know yeah. who gives a fuck but i don't really care right right and we can move on beyond that but i'll say this much i don't think it's a racial thing from the part of i believe it is racial but i believe the truth of the matter is if the positions were flip-flopped right the other the the other races would have been just as equally inflamed yeah. oh yeah they would have this, been this, like this isn't a matter this isn't a matter of whites hate the the black girl for doing this yeah. to the white girl right that's not what this is about it's, we have animosity it's, against each other right it's that like that that's one of our people you've done that too we're gonna you know that's messed up right tribalism I think that, tri ex, tribalism is 100% what this is and I think that's it. And that's the exact same reason why you see a lot of the people who are like really praising Angel Reese. They're, they're like, oh, she should go into the Hall of Fame for the colleges and stuff like that. Like if she had done that to another black girl, they wouldn't have said that. Like, don't so let the facts get in the way of a good every, story. Right. It is yeah. clearly racial on all fronts, but it's pointless. It's such a pointless situation. Probably like the biggest thing no that's point. happened for girls basketball ever, though. Hey, how about this? This was the most talked about women's Final Four that I can remember. Right. I just now found out that UConn won the men's Men's basketball. I, know, dude. I don't watch any college basketball. Yeah, I watched I didn't watch single college basketball. But hey, we're going on four hours, Let's get the hell out of here. I got to work. Yeah, all right. Uh, all right. Uh, until C3 Panther Nation running over 100 strong, damn near four, almost yes. four hours into they this. Wanna, they want us, bro. Let's be staying up all night, guys. 24 hour stream. Nah, you'll do it by your <laughs> damn self. Uh, we love you guys. Until next time, C3 Panther Nation, keep pounding. Keep pounding.